Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. Good evening, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you're listening. This is Frank Conta, him, Bronson Almond, with another edition of the Next Level Nerd Sports Podcast. We are bringing you the season premiere episode of season four. Um, we've been with you about two years now, uh, so we've had a, a spring season and a fall season, if you will, and kind of had a good a good chance to call it a new season as we've been covering the hockey playoffs um, with with most of our last couple of episodes and the uh, special some some bonus episodes with the draft, uh, the baseball draft, the the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. So we haven't actually given you guys Bronson and I haven't been able to have a a, a full a full scale uh, full episode where we cover uh, just about every sport we can think of and what's going on. So uh, welcome to uh, the season four premiere where we're going to cover a wide variety of topics tonight. Um, Bronson, it's good to be back with you. It's been a few weeks now, and it's good to be with you for a full slate. Um, you know, like I said, just been covering a lot of hockey and some drafts. So I'm excited. I hope you are. Um, I just want to want to catch up with you, catch catch up with the listeners. Uh, what do you, what have you been up to? And uh, are you yeah. excited for the, the premiere? Yeah, thank you for having me here, Frankie. And- you know, that's me on part of the show too, but yeah. no, we've, we've been away, but we really haven't been away. Like you just mentioned, we've did the, the MLB draft special with, uh, the amazing Ryan Alexander Barnes, uh, providing his insight and he's already chomping at the bit, Frank, to make another appearance on the show. Well, so. Yeah. A lot of good feedback from that episode. Yeah. It was great having a guest star. Barnes, he was a natural, um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I hope we can get him back on. Yeah. He wants to come back on. And then, and then of course you and I covered the, uh, the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. So we've been, we've been recording shows, just not big shows. And I kind of like that. It's kind of keeping us out there in the, the masses. And, uh, and it's crazy since the last time we recorded a full show, a whole lot of stuff has happened in sports. And, and as we're recording right now, I'm watching, uh, AEW Dynamite uh, right now. So, and we're going to get into a little bit of a wrestling, and I am going to talk a little bit about AEW here in just a bit when it's uh, when I bring some little wrestling action to you, Frank. But I'm doing good, just um, kind of hanging out, kind of doing some stuff, hitting the local dirt tracks, uh, kind of teasing the lead there. We'll get into that when we cover uh, some motorsports here. But um, just doing that, uh, kind of hanging out, watching some hockey, playing some hockey, um, and uh, w- watching some racing, some other things as well, and. Uh, uh, watching some TV, Frank, believe it or not, watching some TV and trying new uh, new TV shows, old TV shows. But uh, I was going to tee you up, and I and I did uh, have Frank um, surprised here because uh, the last couple nights I've been watching Full House on on Nick at Night. And oh, so, is it back on cable? Yeah, well, I I have I don't know I, mean, I have Armstrong and they have a couple of the Nickelodeon channels. So okay, maybe um, it's one of the yeah I don't get all so, the Nicks. Yeah, I I um. I, I wasn't sleeping well the one night. I fell asleep around like a ten eleven o'clock, and then I, I woke up and had to, you know, when you when you when you're hitting uh, your mid thirties, and Frank, I'm sure you're the same age as I am. Yeah, sometimes if you drink things that drink liquids at night, you tend to get up in the middle of the night. Sometimes and head to the bathroom. <laughs> For some reason, I could not uh, go back to sleep. So Nickelodeon had uh, had uh, our one of our favorite all time sitcoms, Full House, on. So I went through four episodes the other night, Frank. And this is my segment is I'm going to give you a clue. I'm going to give you like a one or two word clue for each episode and see if you can guess which episode I watched. 
Boy, and I was I think, just telling I myself. I think you'll go four for four. I, I have really lost track of Full House, and it's been years. And I've been thinking to myself, it's time to. I'd actually have the whole set series on DVD, and I was thinking to myself, it's time to, to maybe dust those off and start watching it again. So because as, I, I've claimed to be, um, uh, you know, a, a, a Full House expert, and uh, our buddy Jameson is also another one. He's my he's friend seen, John Young's one too. He's well, seen them more than me. Yeah, and John, I just, actually, he was the guy that did the NFL draft with us, my uh, friend John. He's yeah, a huge Full House diehard like us. I am worried that I'm going to slip because it's just been so long. No, no, go, no, throw I still go four for four. Throw I think you have it in you. So as I cue the music. Hold on. <laughs> so, Frank, the first episode I watched, I'm just going to say one phrase and you tell me what episode is. Ready? Okay. First episode, The Master of Disaster. Uh, is that Rusty? Yeah, it was the appearance. Uh, the one, yeah, I don't know the names of the episode. James yeah, Danny. Great at that, yeah, no, but... just tell me. You just tell me about. Yeah, when Danny starts dating that woman at the dry cleaners, and then she brings right. Rusty. He pulls the pranks on all he's everyone awful. in the yeah, family. He's, he's awful. Yeah. Okay, one for one. <laughs> so then the next episode, it will be easy to kind of tee up the next episode. The next episode is Ricky the Paperboy. So DJ has a crush on him. Um, I know Stephanie, I think, gets in the way a little bit. Uh, DJ embarrasses herself a little bit. And at the end, uh, the paper boy kind of comes back and they have like her first kiss. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so kind of like I don't, that. I don't know what else happens in it. It actually but... involves Rusty again. Okay. Rusty makes the love letter up. <laughs> yeah. Remember that when it gets passed around and it like gets passed thinks around, everybody time. thinks, yeah, Joey thinks Becky's after him, Kimmy Becky thinks, thinks Jesse's after him. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's Jesse's the main premise. I, I, I got a part of it right, but yeah, the main premise is that letter, correct? I'll give you a half a credit on this. You're okay. one and a half for, for two. <laughs> the third episode, um, this one I think you'll, you'll nail right off the head uh, Muskrat Love. That is most likely the flashback to Jesse's prom with um kind of. and and I know it that doesn't that become is that him and Becky's song or it's him and it's him and that blonde girl song from way okay. back then. So this is my wheelhouse. I'll give you uh I'll give you half a credit for that. Okay, so dang. <laughs> so you're two, two out of three. three. You get a you get a full miss. Yeah. Um it is Jesse's ten year high school reunion. Yeah. They flash back and a lot. He has his fan, but his his girl his high school girlfriend Carrie, played by the uh, the starlet of the '90s, Erica Alaniac. You remember her? She was in some movies, and she was in Baywatch, the early years pre Pam Anderson. Uh, and she was looking uh, smoke show as ever. She plays Carrie, Jesse's high yeah. school girlfriend. They uh, when they when, he, when they graduate, uh, Carrie goes to Paris to model, and and Jesse stays obviously in the states to to, to do his rock and roll career. And they, uh, there's apparently some unfinished business between those two, and Muskrat, Muskrat Love was their, was their, their, uh, their, their song. Boy, I think I get full credit. I said that right off the bat. I was like, it's my, it is Jesse and the ex girlfriend right. song. Okay, we'll he rides in on the motorcycle in the. Yeah, gym. I'll give you credit for that. <laughs> but the beautiful and lovely Erica Elena, who I follow on Twitter by the way, she actually tweets her fans back and stuff. Early '90s, Frank. What she does she was probably... look like nowadays? Still okay? Uh, no, I mean, getting older. For her age, I think she looks really good. Yeah. Um, but she was obviously early 90s Frank, pre-Pam Anderson. She was probably like one of the best-looking women in the world. And finally, the last episode 
was how do I do this? Um, Try to get three and a half out of four here. Yeah, the the bunny frame wallpaper on the on the picture on on the frame. Uh, well, so the pink bunnies are what's in Jesse's room when he moves in because he takes over Stephanie's room. So yeah. this is the one where him and Becky are like threatening to move out. And Michelle's so sad. So he frames one of the pink bunnies and gives it to her as a present. Everybody starts crying. She gives him her pig um, as a present. And ding, ding, at, ding, ding, at ding, the ding, end ding, of the ding. day, they, they they decide not to move out, of course. They go to the <laughs> attic. That's when they, yeah. that's when Jesse right. and Becky make the attic like their apartment. So, so yeah, three and a half out of four. Okay, Frankie, you still got the full house. Thing. Those I are see the, you. Those I are, see you. <laughs> there was there's the, that was those was are four consecutively played episodes that night I watched. So oh, yeah. those are pretty good episodes. And and the the high school reading is my one of my favorite ones because I, I still have a crush on Erica Laniac is she you know my in my mind, you know, Jesse walks up with her, but I know that's not the that's not the that's not the ending anybody wants to see. He that's when he knows for a fact he loves Becky and and they get married yeah. after that. But so yeah, we we just killed money. We just killed time doing that. But I thought it was cool. And Frank and I have a huge love for Full House, and, mm-hmm. and I just thought I was like, yeah, maybe I could see this for a podcast. But I gotta dust it off though for sure. I gotta because I'm starting to the, the the memories are getting thinner. As Bronson said, we're getting older. It's like getting harder to remember stuff. So ten four on that. I got I, if I if I claim to be an expert there in a trivia <laughs> whiz, I gotta start watching it again. But no man, it's good to be back with you. We have a full slate heading off. I mean, so much is happened since we last like recorded a full episode real we had episode, yeah. champion nba champions trade deadline nhl free agency the kraken we already covered the kraken so mm-hmm. we really won't go too much into the the kraken draft per se but they have made two big bold moves since the the, the expansion draft um so yeah for sure um uh frankie um i guess we should probably not waste any time we should um we should just get right into it yeah, so Bronson, I mean, where do you want to start? We have so many things to cover. I well, mean, I, I, you know, not to cut you off, but I feel like the hottest thing right now, other than NFL training camps, we want to save, we want to save the, the main event for the end there. But right now, I have to say, Frankie, uh, we, I, I might have to get the the, the phone on and, and and touch base with the Dalai Lama. Um, and Barnsley's probably, you know, when this drops, he's going to be listening closely because uh, the MLB trade deadline happened in the last week, Frankie. And it was by baseball experts, and I'll let you, I'll leave you to, to be the person to agree or, or disagree with this. That one of the biggest uh, trade deadlines of all time. A lot of a lot of big names moved. Um, a lot of sellers established themselves as selling, obviously, and, and the, the 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 top powerhouse teams in MLB either you know getting that last piece or two. You know the what's that they call it, the the non waiver trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, so the t- guys can still move, but but have to clear waivers or something. Yeah. I'm sure you'll 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 clear that up. But yeah, Frankie, I'll I'll, te- I'll just patch into you. We're gonna cover some teams. I'm gonna jump in a little bit. You know, um, you know, uh, I've established you know my my teams. Obviously, the Buckos are number one. But uh, as growing up, I always had a little bit of affinity for the Yankees. I know a lot of friends who Red Sox fans are booing me right now, but. I love the pinstripes and and they made a couple of decent acquisitions there to mm-hmm. the Yankees and of course the Pirates uh, were sellers of the deadline and um we'll just tee it off Frank we'll start at the top for, with my team um my AL team the New York Yankees um uh, they get Gallo from the Texas Rangers uh, a potent bat in their lineup and just when you think that the Bronx Bombers can't get any stronger um you know, they they pry a nice uh, 
strong, broad-shouldered, clean-cut Italian kid uh, from mm-hmm. from the city of Chicago, and that's Anthony Rizzo, the formerly of the Chicago Cubs. And now, Frank, I put this on Facebook last week. I said, a good, clean-looking kid with, you know, Italian kid with the power hitting ability. It's, it was like his birthright to be a Yankee. He was fit. Right. He's fit to follow Joe DiMaggio's footsteps and Yogi Bear and Phil Rizzuto and all, all those guys, classic yeah. Italians. <laughs> maybe, maybe exclude Safasano from that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, Frank, uh, Anthony Rizzo. And then, um, and of course, Gallo from the, the, the Rangers who I don't follow baseball a whole lot. So I kind of forget his first name. Although Barnes would kill me if I, if I didn't know, I'm really, I've kind of lost touch of baseball, but I do know, you know, being a big pirates fan, that Anthony, the Anthony Rizzo is, is a big name and, and, um, the Yankees, uh, uh, are loading up for a big run, hopefully to try to, you know, have a better performance. Uh, news dropped yesterday was a Frank that Garrett Cole has COVID-19. Yeah. So he will miss his next start and he's going to be a, a guy that's really going to have to get it in the form of the Yankees going to make a deep run into the, the playoffs. So just your, 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 uh, you can, and you can jump in with other teams as well. I just, I love the Yankees. So I'm teeing you up on this. So you go ahead and, uh, and, uh, the floor is yours, sir. No, it was a good start because I was actually going to go kind of by division and I was going to start in the AL East because it's kind of, yeah. it's pretty competitive, uh, four team race there with the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rays and the Blue Jays all within striking distance. Um, and the three teams that don't win the division are all going to be alive for that wild card or second wild card spot. So you set up runs the Yankees loaded up and, you know, the trade deadline 2021 was probably, in my opinion, one of the best of all time. Um, there's been a lot of years where I've been watching the coverage and following Twitter and just nothing is happening or minor moves and teams sit standing pat. Um, but this year was one of the most active and, and exciting and entertaining ones ever. I, unfortunately I was at work. It was a Friday afternoon, 4 PM deadline. I liked the days when it was a midnight deadline. Cause you could watch the coverage all night. Uh, um, but I happened to be in the office and couldn't follow it. So I kind of was just sneaking some peeks at the, the Twitter feed and the, you know, kind of the free agent tra- or trade tracker and seeing who was going where, but it would have been a lot of fun to follow along with MLB network. Um, and hear Greg Amser, Greg Amsinger, one of my favorite guys, uh, react to, to some of these deals, but huge stars on the move Bronson. Um, I kind of just wanted to go team by team by division, give you their their major moves, and uh, feel free to chime in to 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 let me know that your thoughts on the impact of these guys, and if you thought they gave up too much, if you think they're a pretender and not a contender, and why they go out and make moves. So, um, I was going to start with the Yankees. So great job teeing me up there, Rizzo and Gallo, big time power moves. Um, the Yankees already a team with prodigious power i mean they are the bronx bombers when you have the likes of uh aaron judge and giancarlo stanton in your lineup that's 250 homer guys um battled injuries the last couple of years neither of them played a full season but now you add uh rizzo a guy that can get you 25 30 bombs a year um and joey gallo who probably arguably has the most power in in the game of baseball he has light tower power as they like to say um he's a guy that can hit the ball 500 feet um so i mean fear has got to be in any pitcher's head when they're when they're facing the yankees especially in, in yankee stadium with that short porch and right um Will the Yankees have enough pitching is a question. Uh, Garrett Cole's the only guy really carrying that staff. Our old pal, Jamison Tyon, who went over there from the Pirates in the offseason, has has uh, come along lately after a rough start. His ERA was hovering in a 5-6 range most of the year, uh, which is pretty bad. But his last handful of starts, he's kind of figuring it out. Um, 
they've they've called up a young guy he uh heel uh one of their top pitching prospects had a good debut the other night um, but they're searching for some uh you know bottom of the rotation depth and the, the yankees made one move andrew heaney came over from the angels who kind of seemed like a seller now with mike trout still out anthony rendon uh they mentioned today is out for the year now um so otani's the only guy carrying the angels and they're about five or six out of that second wild card so they decided to be sellers kind of and uh, traded away Andrew Heaney, who's just an average lefty starter. He's a lefty with a pulse. So uh, the Yankees take him to get some rotation depth here through some injuries. They need Luis Severino back, Bronson, um, the stud that came onto the scene a couple of years ago. He's missed the, whole, the entire season, but it's nearing his return. So that'll be a big shot in the arm. Jordan Montgomery's been good, but he's injured now as well. Um, so the Yankees pitching is what worries me. The bullpen's good as as usual, and they have that power. Um, that lineup is still stacked also, other than the power. They have LeMahieu, they have Gleyber Torres, Gary Sanchez. So a scary, scary lineup. Uh, but getting Rizzo and Gallo, I, I personally, if I was Brian Cashman, and he may have been and just couldn't find the right deal, um, I would have been shopping for some pitching. Um, Max Scherzer was out there, Jose Barrios. We'll talk about them guys going elsewhere. But uh, starting pitching is where I think they need, and and they didn't do it. But I, I you know, you can't fault the Rizzo and Gallo moves. They're going to try to outslug you every night and figure out the pitching later. So we'll see. Those guys so far, Riz, uh, Rizzo's been white hot with them since he's joined them. He homered in his debut, and he, I think he's got two, uh, two or three already. Um, they've they've tried him at first, second, and cleanup. So they're trying to figure out where he fits in there. Um, but the Gallo pickup, I think Gallo is like, you know, one for his first 12 or something. So he's got to, he's got to figure it out. Not a guy that's going to hit for average, but, uh, hasn't homered yet in pinstripes either. So I'm hoping Gallo, uh, turns it around, but, uh, yeah, that was the Yankees moves. They still think they're in it. Bronson, they are like nine or I'm looking at it right now. They're, they're, they're six and a half out with, with Boston and Tampa, kind of faltering lately the Yankees are you know six and a half with two months to play I think they got a chance um the wild card's still there but uh Yankees got to get it get moving here and get hot um I don't know if you want to comment on any of those moves or if I can move no, on I to mean, the you kind of nailed it pretty good mm-hmm. you know like I said I I kind of you know just watch highlights of the Yankees I you know like I don't have the yes network so I don't watch every yeah. game and and uh and it's funny they were talking about the not to go off subject, but they were talking about uh <laughs> they were uh John Sterling, I guess when they're they're doing like they're actually calling the game, I guess like from the studio, so they're like not the ballpark, and I guess yeah, because of COVID. I, yeah, so I think he thought he thought a home he thought there was a home run, and here it was a replay of like a previous that, <laughs> and so like they were like making fun of him. Like, so embarrassing. <laughs> It's like one of those things where you don't you don't know you know if you're basically going off of a TV broadcast and, and I, I've like, made that mistake before and really cheered like on the radio or or, or a replay and like felt dumb yeah. <laughs> no, but don't forget the nail ahead. Joey Gallo said I knew his name so I don't really pay attention to the AL too much, and I, I knew I knew he was a, a big threat for uh, for Texas. So, and like you said, I, I think your your analysis on pitching for the Yankees is right on. Um, obviously, it's taken a while for for Jameis and Tyon to kind of step in there, and you feel like maybe Cashman should have went and got pitching help because I mean, yeah. if you're looking to go deep in the playoffs, like you have to have good pitching. Um, obviously, the back end's kind of there. I mean, uh, Chapman's yeah, you know, Roldis Chapman's still there. You know, still, you know, kind of been the guy to try to take the reins since uh, 
since the Sandman himself has retired. Yeah, you know, they've they've kind of looked to have a solid closer there. But um, no, Frank. I mean, I I think everything you hit is right on the head, and I feel like you know, even though we were even when we were kids, even up until now, it always seems to kind of make a an arms race between the Yankees and the and the Red Sox have kind of coming back a little bit more. And I kind of wanted to transition over there because yeah, um, they get Kyle Schwarber from the the Washington Nationals, and they're making jokes already about how Boston's going to say his name, Kyle Schwaber. Schwaber. a name made for boston (laughs) yeah this is gonna butcher it and whatnot but um obviously they get they get schwarber they get um they get um robles um so i kind of just i'm just kind of making it real small talk for kind of teeing you up a little bit um the red Sox, you know i feel like they're they're a team i feel like they're either they're either you know in it in the World Series discussion, or they're you know drop drafting top five. It's like they they no, kind of feast their family. Yeah, it's kind of an alternating thing, yeah. But um, obviously you said the big the big battle brewing up in the AL East. I mean, it's pretty much just the, an arms race, and the Red Sox have it right there. They, I mean, like I said, I've kind of lost touch a little bit. Obviously, the Red Sox, uh, you know, they, they always seem to have someone coming through the system too. Like you know, it was a couple years ago they traded, you know, um. They kind of traded Mookie Betts. They traded, they traded big time players. And we see like they see like they have a run, and then they they kind of they're kind of like Belichick, like with the Patriots. Like they don't want to be. They'd rather be a year too early than a year too late. I feel like yeah. with them when they when they move guys on, and obviously they knew Mookie Betts was going to get paid too. So um, yeah. they kind of had to regroup there. But um, no, I mean I I was I, I like the Schwarberger. I've always been like you know obviously Kyle Schwarber was killing the Pirates, and he had that magical run. Um, in 16 and obviously they acquired Hansel Robles uh, from the twins. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave up Alex Scherf in return. So they grabbed pitching lease right there. Yeah, that was, that was just a depth bullpen move, but Robles has been pretty good for a couple different teams. Uh, a good setup guy. Yeah. But I was shocked Bronson that Boston didn't do more cause they are, you know, ahead of the Yankees, pretty solid playoff position. Chris sales coming back. So they must think, that's going to be their big trade deadline acquisition, basically. When they sometimes it's back. all your best trade deadline yeah, acquisition. Guys coming back from the injured list. So um, when he gets back and he's had a couple of rehab starts, that'll really bolster their rotation. Um, I thought they could have used one more starter as well. So a lot of those names I mentioned, I know they were in on Scherzer um, with the Nationals, um, but uh, Scherzer ended up going elsewhere. I won't spoil it, um, as <laughs> most of you probably already know. <laughs> but um, I'm sure it's a big market city. Yeah. So. But getting Schwarber, and the the problem with Schwarber is he's on the IL right now, and he's still about a week or two away. So they get him, you know. And I thought before you couldn't trade injured players, but if you agree to it and you and you know that he's injured, it must be allowed. So Schwarber, um, it was sad because he was on one of the biggest tears in MLB history. Um, he had about 15 homers in 17 games. I remember picking him up in fantasy right when he was getting hot, and he was just homering every night. Two homers, one homer. If you look at his game log. Uh, for about an eight-game stretch, it was like one homer, two homers, one homer, one homer, one homer, two homers, one homer, one homer, two homer. Like, and he would have like one night over four, then another homer, homer. Like, he just had a killer month of June. Then he hurt the hamstring. It cost him a spot in the All-Star game. Um, I really felt bad for him. 
But now a little, you know, to get from from the Nationals to the to a pennant race in Boston, he will fit in there well with the fans. Like you said, uh, he's going to go right into the middle of that lineup, provide protection for Bogarts, for Martinez, wherever they want to put him. This is a guy that, uh, you know, Davey Martinez was leading off in in Washington. Um, not your prototypical leadoff hitter. You're you kind of your your stocky, slow left fielder, um, former catcher. Um, but you know, he could lead off in Boston. He could bat eighth or ninth in Boston. He could you could put him fourth, fifth. I mean, so it's gonna be interesting to see where Alex Cora throws him in there. I'd bat him I think I would bat him fourth behind JD Martinez to give JD some protection. But um that'll be interesting. I hope he gets healthy soon. He's gonna help that lineup. Um I think they could have used another starter, but the starting pitching market was so um hot this year that you would have had to overpay and they're sticking with what they got, um, hoping that sale helps to bolster that rotation. Um, elsewhere in the AL East, Bronson, the Rays, um, they kind of make you scratch your head every year because they, they're all analytics, and they're they're so set in their ways with openers and no pitchers going three times through the order and, you know, kind of bullpen games and, you know, odd lineups every night, um, different guys going in and out of the out of the lineup, different lineup every night kind of thing. They go out and get one of the biggest bats on the market, and they did it pre-deadline um, about a week or so before they get Nelson Cruz, you know, the 40-year-old DH. Yes, um, sir. And thankfully, a lot of, the, you know, the people hate the DH, but what it's, what it's done is it's prolonged careers, guys like Nelson Cruz. Um, still doing it, still swinging the hot stick. Um 40 plus homer guy if he's healthy and right away he made an impact with the Rays and he started hitting bombs for them so great clubhouse guy um, knows his role knows he's going to be DH every night penciled into the lineup at the third or fourth spot lunch bucket kind of guy uh, fits that Rays mold and uh, that was a big pickup but that's about all the Rays did and they actually sold their closer Diego Castillo so not sure what went on there maybe he just wasn't fitting in with that team had some you know, didn't see eye to eye with Kevin Cash, um, but they're 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 pretty standout closer. Diego Castillo goes to Seattle, another contender um, that they're fighting for in wild cards. You know, they they trade with, and they, they get back a guy in uh, JT Chargua, who's kind of a Rays pitcher. He's a a middle reliever that can go multiple innings, and the Rays have like t- you know ten or eleven of them guys. Flame throwing, middle innings, multiple innings, super reliever type guy. Um, but uh, and they they get him back, but that was a head scratcher. They also um, sell uh, Rich Hill to the Mets, so they trade they trade one of their top starting pitchers. Uh, although Rich Hill's getting up there in age, still effective. Um, yeah, they they act like sellers and trade him to the Mets. So, <laughs> but the, I'm never going to question what the Rays do because they they're in the postseason every year. Last year, a couple games from a World Series, um, small market team, smaller than the Pirates, and they they can they continue to get it done. Um, but we'll see how this pan out and see if they they prove to be good moves. But at least picking up Nelson Cruz helps that lineup. So they did something. Um, Toronto Bronson think that their players in this AL East. Um, or the wild card talks, they go out and make some of the biggest moves. Corey yeah. Dickerson, our, our buddy with the Pirates, the former Bucko, yeah, they did that three weeks before the deadline, and he's just healthy now. So they acquired him when he was injured, and he made his debut last night in the Blue Jays uniform. Um, also, a former Pirate, Joaquin Soria, um, yeah. which was a, a 2015 pennant chase, uh, you know, middle reliever, uh, late reliever deadline for the Pirates back then. For the, uh, for the infamous player to be named later. 
So yes, the Pir- <laughs> Pirates picked him up. Now the the Blue Jays, uh, you know, he's still doing it five six years later. So he's a late inning reliever pickup uh, for for them. And then their big move of the day, and this was kind of a shocker because not a lot of people had him going there. Jose Barrios, the the, yeah. the ace ace of the Minnesota Twin staff, um, with years of control left. Um, at, at a cheap rate goes to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, one of my favorite pitchers, Bronson, one of the best sliders in the game. If you ever get a chance to to see some tape on him on YouTube, the, the movement on Jose Barrios' slider is like wiffle ball. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's disgusting. The, the, the snap he gets on the slider back foot to lefties are just, you know, flowing away from righties. Um, they can't touch it. And when he's on, he's one of the best pitchers in the game. Um, 95 to 97 with that slider. Um, I think he's got a decent change up and a curveball, but he's a fastball slider guy. And he's, I mean, the, the Blue Jays put him right to that top of that rotation, even above Hyunjin Ryu and Robbie Ray. Um, Barrios is now the ace of that staff. And, you know, I, I'd like to see the, I, I'd be okay with the Blue Jays making it uh, some new blood. They got all that young talent with the, you know, the, the, the kids of former stars, uh, Bo, <laughs> Bo, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio. Yeah, they have three, they have three uh, kids of former big leaguers and, uh, uh, great sign of signing of Marcus Simeon in the offseason who made the all-star team, uh, George Springer. They went and That's backed right. up the, Backed up the money truck for for George Springer and gave him a, a, a hundred and eighty million or whatever. Uh, so the Blue Jays are spending. They're Canada's I've team. Had a soft spot in my heart for the for the Jays. Yeah, they're they're Canada's team. They're in a big market up there, Bronson. Their owners spending. They need a new ballpark, but uh, yeah, they're how making. Old is, how old is Rogers Center? Is that Rogers uh, Center? What's it called? It's it, Rogers, Rogers Center, Center formerly Skydome. It's probably yeah. other than Wrigley. Um, Fenway and Dodger Stadium. It's probably I want to say the fourth oldest ballpark now. Um, yeah, that thing's that thing's hosted a couple of WrestleManias too. <laughs> it's it's still artificial turf and really un, un, uncomfortable seating. And I hope that they can get something done there uh, north of the border for for Jays fans. Right. They actually they spent most of the year due to COVID restrictions at their training facility in Dunedin, Florida. Then they moved up to their AAA field in Buffalo, where they played yeah. the short season last. I was kind of mad about that, Frank. I was if I'd known earlier, I might I might try to get tickets to go up there when they're like they were playing the Yankees or something. Yeah. That's a three hour drive. That's not bad. Not bad at all. I know. So the yeah, the Jays are they July thirtieth, they did finally allow them back in Canada. So they've had they would they'll play home games in three different ballparks this year, Bronson. And that's tough on a team. Um so kudos to them for being in this pennant yeah. race despite that. Um so I love those pickups. Um so that AL East is going to be uh, tight to the end. Uh, the two, even two of the losers might end up in the wild card spot. So we'll see. So that's why they all kind of loaded up. The Orioles are the doormat of that division. Um, but don't worry too much, Baltimore fans, because uh, you're going to get. I think they're going to be good sooner than later. Yeah. Um, Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, uh, Adley Rutschman coming up, who we talked about on our draft show, um, was the last pit, uh, catcher to go number one overall before our Henry Davis. So, but Baltimore, um, they weren't even actually sellers too much, um, which shocked me because they are like 40 games under 500. Um, they really didn't give anybody away. Um, so I thought that they could have traded some relievers. Um, Michael Franco, the third baseman, maybe somebody yeah. could have, they could have fetched some prospects for, but they stand at Pat. Um, 
We'll see how they go in the next couple of years. Um, but I got to jump to the Central now, Bronson. And the Central. Yeah, I was going to tee you up actually in the Central, Frank. Yeah, the, the Central's and, really a one team race. Um, the White Sox are running away with it. Cleveland's hovering around 500. Kansas City thought they'd be players this year, but they've had a rough season. Um, and then Detroit, who's been hot after the All Star break, still not enough to overcome kind of a really slow start. They still yeah. know that the Tigers still know that they're rebuilding. Um, and then, uh, who am I leaving out? Uh, the twins, the yeah, twins, the Twinkies, they made the playoffs last year, um, with Barrios and Donaldson and Cruz. A lot of these guys we've been talking about, but this year they've just been totally flat Bull, bullpen woes. Yeah. Um, they, they were kind of sellers at the, at the deadline. Yeah. Frankly. They're, they're like 20 games under and they were sellers. I'm surprised Donaldson didn't go. Um, yeah. but, uh, we did see Barrios go. We did see Nelson Cruz go. I thought their closer, Taylor Rogers, would have went but didn't, and now he's on the IL. Um, Jay Happ did, did go to St. Louis. Um, yeah. St. Louis thinks they're, they're contenders. The, but I the one trade, not to move, to keep in the central, the one trade that that, uh, that caught, and it wasn't surprising, but it was kind of one of those things that kind of you know makes you go, hmm, was the White Sox uh, acquiring Craig Kimbrell from the Cubs? So he doesn't even have to leave the city; he just takes the, yeah. takes the takes the train across town. That's all he really has to do. Yeah. So the White Sox, Bronson, they're they're pretty much you know pencil them in right now for the uh, for the uh, AL Central crown. The old, um, the old guy, Frankie Tony Larusa, the old man. Larusa is <laughs> a topic for another show. Um, I think I've made it known I'm not a fan, um, but. Uh, the White Sox are going to, you know, he's going to get to the playoffs with them and probably be a, a player in, in a deep playoff run because they do load up and get Craig Kimbrell. Another team as well that I thought could have benefited from another starting pitching, but they have a pretty solid rotation with Lucas Giolito really, um, you know, coming onto the scene. And then this year, Carlos Rodon finally finding at the left-hander that they actually DFA'd this winter and nobody picked him up and they actually signed him back. Um, for a for a tryout, and he made the team and threw a no hitter this year. Nearly a perfect game. His ERA's tops in the American League. Um, so great story there, comeback story for Carlos Rodon. He's he's anchoring that rotation. They still have Keuchel. Keuchel's not the same old Keuchel, but he's going to be a battling lefty for you. Um, yeah. So that bullpen though, with Liam Hendricks, you know their prized off season acquisition, the Australian closer. Lights out now. Craig Kimbrell, one of the most lights out closers in the league, is going to set up. And if you have Hendricks, uh, you know, not able to go because his arm's tired, or they want to rest him, Kimbrell's right there to step in and close. So huge move. They also get Eddie Rosario. Um, he stays. He goes interdivision from Cleveland to the White Sox. So Cleveland pretty much waving the white flag. They're not catching the White Sox at ten games out. Um, Rosario is a guy that can play anywhere on the diamond, super utility player, infield, outfield, middle of the lineup, top of the lineup. Nice, you know, nice pickup. A lot of people thought they'd go get Adam Frazier from the Pirates. Um, second base, Nick Madrigal um, kind of wasn't finally getting it done. He goes to the Cubs in the Kimbrel deal. Um, so you're going to see um, second base might be Rosario. Um, a guy that, like I said, can play anywhere, um, but they don't get Frazier. He, he went elsewhere. We'll get to Adam Frazier. Um, but that pretty much wraps up the AL Central because the White Sox were the only buyer, Bronson. Um, and the other teams kind of stayed pat. Um, not much action from the other teams. Yeah. What, what, what about uh, and what do you grade on what, you know, the Astros were a little, uh, they, they made a couple moves at the deadline. Uh, 
Then they got they traded Miles Straw to the Indians for uh, Phil Matone and then Yanner Diaz. Um, they traded Brian De La Cruz. They traded Abraham Toro and Joe Smith and the Mariners. So kind of like well, not really big deals there. But I mean, what's what's I mean, like I said, I, I really like I said, I don't I really have not watched a whole lot of baseball this year other than the occasional Pirate game here and there. I mean, what's the Astros are obviously still that subject to controversy considering obviously the World Series. I was heavy on them. I was heavy on them back in the day when they had Bagwell, Biggio, Berkman, uh, Beltran was there for a while. Yeah, Carlos Lee, El Caballo. And obviously, you know, what what's 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 their outlook right now, frankly, the Astros. Yeah, so that's a yeah, good transition. Uh, we're into to the NL uh, AL West Bronson. Uh Houston is at top of that division right now with Oakland sneaking up, I think three, four back. Um Seattle has been everybody's darling this year. Um Seattle has the longest streak in the four major sports of missing the playoffs right now. Wow. You know, that used to be the the Cleveland Browns forever. It was the Pirates forever. <laughs> um, it was the Buffalo Bills forever. But since those three teams have finally got off the schneid, um, that unfortunate um, moniker what? goes to the mayor. It's 2001 now, 20 years without a playoff appearance <laughs> in Seattle. When I saw the dust settle, Frank, on the AOS, I was looking at the athletics and I was like, this is you were you brought the pirates. So this is like Pirates West. They get right. Starling Marte and Jay Hay. And... Jay Hay. Well, uh, back just to to finish your point on the Astros, they they do go out and get Kendall Graveman, who was closing in Seattle. So now they add him as a setup role to Ryan Presley, who's closing now in Houston. Graveman can step in if Presley falters. Um, so they go bullpen. Um, their lineup pretty solid. You know that Astros lineup, just a couple of years removed from winning a World Series. That core is still intact, other than Springer being gone. Um, there is a hole in center field that they haven't filled with George Springer. A lot of people have starting Marte going to the Astros. So the okay. A's swoop in there and kind of steal them away from the division rival. Kyle Tucker has been solid for them, though. He's kind of the guy that they they let Springer walk because Kyle Tucker is ready to be the man. Um, you still got guys like Jordan Alvarez, Michael Brantley, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Yuli Goriel. Yeah. I mean, they're still stacked. So they didn't go to add offense um, and they didn't add starting pitching either. Um, their late spring pickup of Jaco de Rizzi has kind of panned out well for them. Um, they did lose Fran Valdez for the season with Tommy John. Um, Zach Greinke obviously is still there. He doesn't make a lot of noise, but still got ace, um, ace stuff. Um, so the Astros like where they sit right now, the Phil May, the Phil Maton pickup, um, another bullpen. So they're really trying, you know, that Kansas City Royals method of 2015 of just winning a World Series with a bullpen. And the Rays are trying that too. Um, so the Astros are poised for another deep run. Um, the A's, though, Bronson, you're right. They're the Pirates West now. The Nationals were Pirates, you know, Southeast or whatever. Because <laughs> um, they, they at one time this year had Josh Bell, Josh Harrison, uh, Jordy Mercer on their squad. Um, Mercer and Bell still over there. Um, but yeah, Starling Marte has debuted in center field for the A's, moving Ramon Laureano to right. Um, a lot of people would have had Canna and right Marte and left and Laureano in center because Laureano is a lights out defender in center field. And Marte played a pretty good left field in Pittsburgh. So in that big ballpark in Oakland, I would have went that way. But Bob Melvin must have his reasons for putting Marte in center and Loriano in right. Some said it's the arm. Uh, Loriano's got the better arm, and you put your best arm in right field. But I like that A's team. I mean, I obviously root for the always root for the small market A's. Um, I'll be ex- 
extra rooting for them since I got our ex Buccos, Marte and Harrison now. Players that I like, like Matt Olson um, and Matt Chapman, the Mats on the corner infields. Um, gave up a lot for the Marte deal, though. Jesus Lozardo, one of their stud young lefty pitchers that was young, controllable, and affordable. So I'm really shocked at Billy Bean doing that, but he must really think Marte is going to put them over the hump. Their pitching rotation strong with Sean Manaya um, and uh, up-and-comer James Caprillion, former Yankee draft pick that didn't sign. Yeah. Um, so, and they and they, their bullpen is still strong. Sergio Romo is still slinging it, you know, later in his career, closing games for them. They have Lou Trevino doing well there still. Um, so the A's, they're they're always going to do it the A's way, the Billy Bean way. Uh, Another team like the Rays, you can't question it. They're right there in that AL West uh, and wild card hunt. I think they sit in a wild card spot if the season ended today. Um, and then in that division, Bross, I mean, the Angels thought they were players, but like I said, with the the news today that Rendon's out for the year, Mike Trout, who was supposed to be back in six to eight weeks, it's now like week eleven of that. Well, so there's a lot of concerns of like what's going on with Trout. The hamstring is not ready, or a calf. I think it was a calf. The calf is not ready. Like, is he going to just kind of hang it up this year if they're out of the race and call yeah. it a season? Just sad. I actually have tickets, uh, and, and this is going to be, maybe I'll report for a future episode, but I'm heading to Cleveland on August 21st to see uh, the Angels take on the Indians. Um, check out our boy Shohei Otani yeah. in person. Um, and it was on my bucket list someday to see Mike Trout, um, and I'm hoping by the 21st that he's off the IL, but it's not looking good. Uh, maybe I'll catch a glimpse of him in the dugout. I'm hoping he signed some autographs. We got pretty good seats, pretty close. Um, there you go. So I'm I'm hoping for Otani obviously to play and not get a day off, but I'm hoping the schedule works out where he actually starts at pitcher, and I get to see him do both. That'd be um, that would be completely awesome. He's actually starting tonight. Bronson, um, Ooh, yeah, I, did. I was watching PTI, so they were talking about and, it. And, he's, and they're using a six-man rotation. So, I mean, I, I'll have to do the math, but it might work out because he starts uh, every six days. So he'll be due to start the 10th. Uh, he, he's probably going to be due right now to start the 16th or the 17th. So we'll see. It might work out where I get to see Otani pitch and hit. If not, I hope he at least DHs and doesn't get the night off. I hope Joe Madden doesn't. I hope you get to it. see that too. Yeah. I, I don't want to get tickets and drive to Cleveland and then see him just maybe pinch hit once in the ninth inning or something. So. <laughs> Um, hoping, yeah, that, that'll be fun. Maybe I'll do a live, uh, little, little recording and, and post it for you guys, uh, live from, from Cleveland. One of the final games in Cleveland Indians history, uh, as I'll be a part of there in late August, as they have changed their name to the Cleveland guardians. It's another topic we'll have to cover. I was, I was going to bring that up a little bit later, later on, but so another, another piece of history is I'll be at one of the final Cleveland Indians home games, um, in their, in their history, um, and, and get a chance to see Otani, but but back to the uh, AL West. I keep saying NL. Uh, back to the AL West. Uh, the Angels have kind of, I think, mailed it in. They thought they were a player for the wild card. You'd love to see Trout and Otani in the playoffs, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. That that organization has been just so strapped with pitching. They actually pulled a Mike Ditka Bronson. They drafted 19 pitchers this year. Out of out of, out of 19 draft spots, they drafted 19 pitchers. So it's kind of like a funny like 
drafting like Mike Mike Dick traded his whole draft for for Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams. The, the Angels drafted every single player was a pitcher this year, so they're trying to to bolster that. That, hey, that nineteen stuff. pitchers, Frank. You got to figure at least a few <laughs> arms are going to work out, right? That's what that's, they're saying. The math has to be that few work out because they're they're stacked offensively. Obviously, Otani, Trout, guys like David Fletcher, Jared Walsh. They have Rendon. They still have Justin Upton, top prospect Joe Adele. Um, so it has to something has to give with uh, the pitching. And then who's left in that division? Bronson, help me out. Texas, uh, uh, Athletics, Angels, uh, Astros, Mariners, um, Sit Mariners. So the Mariners didn't add Bronson. They did add the closer Diego Castillo. That I said strangely, the Rays, the Rays sold. Um, but the, the Mariners are still sniffing three, four out of that second wild card. I thought they'd add a bat. They were in on Adam Frazier reportedly as well. Um, didn't end up getting them. Um, I thought that the Mariners would add a bat, um, but they really didn't only added that closer. And then the Rangers, you know, obviously everybody knows they're rebuilding their, they're the cellar dwellers out there yeah. and they, they traded away, um, one of their stud starting pitchers who I'll get to in a minute. And their stud closer, as well as Joey Gallo. So that's actually a good transition, Bronson. I want to hop over to the National League and and talk about the Philadelphia Phillies, who are having a better year than last year under Joe Girardi. And they yeah. plucked, plucked those two prize Texas Rangers. And it was Kyle Gibson, the starter, who's having a great year. And then Ian Kennedy, the closer, who has a great Kennedy. change up. Uh, Late in his career, he changed from a starter to a reliever, and he's a good closer. The Phillies have had bullpen woes for years now, so they kind of put a guy right to the back end there. And then Kyle Gibson goes into that rotation. Um, I like what the Phillies did. They obviously have a great offense with Harper, McCutcheon, Hoskins, Segura, Gregorius, um, Real Muto. So they're right there in the NL East or NL wildcard hunt. Um, and then your new your our New York Mets, Bronson. I know we're usually Yankee guys, but I kind of have a soft spot for the Yankees too. Call me a bandwagon guy, but yeah, I, um, I, I have to not like the Mets being a Yankees fan. But yeah. I've always, I mean, yeah, I mean, you kind of always want these the Mets to do well, so that they're always a, that that Subway series is always a big a big draw. The Mets getting bad news about Degrom, who is a walk away for the NL Cy Young and possibly NL MVP. He's out until like mid to late September now with inflammation, so they have to like kind of skate along and hopefully still win this East or make the wild card so Degrom can come back for the stretch run. Um, but the, they go out and get one of the biggest bats on the market on the trade deadline. Bronson Javier Baez yep. from the Cubs, Puerto Rican, best friends with Francisco Lindor. That was a big part of it. Lindor also out like four to six weeks injured during the Pirates game, actually. Oblique yeah. strain. Um, so Baez is going to go right in and play shortstop uh, in place of Lindor. Um, he'll either move to third or second. When Lindor comes back, most people thought second, but I heard tonight that it's going to be third with McNeil at second. Um, but Javier Baez, talk about a stacked infield: McNeil, Alonso, Lindor, and Baez. Um, so the Mets in that outfield has Conforto and Nimmo, J.D. Davis, Dominic Smith. They go out and get James Mechanic, catcher. Um, Carlos Carrasco's in that staff now that came over from the Indians. Um, when Degrom gets healthy, Cindergard has an outside shot. At- come in late September as well. We'll see if that arm's still touching 100 after a year or so off with Tommy John. Um, yeah. So they can be scary, Bronson. The bullpen, Edwin Diaz is always hit or miss. Um, not consistent enough for me. Um, they have uh, 
setting him up, they have uh, Juris Familia, who used to be their closer, also a guy that's wild at times. So I don't love their bullpen. I thought that they could have helped that, but you can't. I mean, they get they get one of the biggest the biggest prizes in Javi Baez. Yeah. So I saw but, I saw a former bucket Trevor Williams went with them too. Yeah, he was thrown in that deal to to help the back end of that rotation as well. So I, I like to see that. Um, so. Battling it out are going to be the Phillies and Mets, and the third team in that uh, that that race is the Braves. Bronson and the sad news was uh, uh, well, I don't want to cut you off, yeah, Frank. Yeah, before we get is a good time since we're we're kind of talking about the Mets already. We kind of hit another story and move on. Um, we covered the MLB draft a couple episodes ago. Um, Kumar Rocker doesn't sign with the New York Mets. They apparently didn't like the the, uh-huh. the medical report on him. Thinking um, about you, news, yeah. Yeah, but Boris obviously didn't like uh, what what the Mets had to say about that, and he's a little upset about that, Frank. So looks like uh, you know you're you're the guy who could probably weigh on this more than I do. Um, looks like Kumar Rocker already said he's not going to go back to Vanderbilt for another year. Just going to, I guess, kind of hone his skills, and and right now that means he gets to be thrown back into the draft next year. So should should we do another MLB draft coverage next year? You know, Barzi comes back. We'll be talking about Kumar Rocker yet again. I don't know if he'll, if by then he'll be a first round talent still, but I did see the Mets get what do they get a. 11th overall pick or something compensation yeah luckily um if you don't sign your pick i was talking about how i hate the mlb rules um i think if you draft a guy and he goes to college you should get to keep him but luckily they have a rule in place where if the guy doesn't sign you just get that same pick next year or close thereabouts. so 11th overall next year but yeah rocker doesn't sign it was big news uh they found something in his elbow um he says he doesn't need tommy john um there's obviously um disagreements between Mets brass, uh, Scott Boris and Kumar Rocker. He's not going to pitch in college. Um, he's going to probably go to one of those academies and just work out, <coughs> excuse me. And, um, and try to just, you know, get some game, you know, get some footage of him working out and, and some radar gun footage and do some showcases, um, where scouts can, can see him and, and hopefully his draft stock doesn't, doesn't fall. Maybe who knows, we'll get lucky and maybe the pirates will get him and we'll get, we'll, we'll, you know, kind of, everybody was like salivating over him. Uh, it'd be funny to see him fall to like the third or fourth round and the pirates get him. Although we never draft Boris guys. So yeah. We'll try- avoid it i think brian reynolds actually is one so look out there but but that is a nugget that i wanted to bring up great crazy breaking news that he doesn't sign one of the consensus number one overall is the pirates kind of did dodge a bullet there still yeah. would have liked jack lighter but uh from what i've seen a lighter he seems a little bit cocky i don't love it um i guess you have, <laughs> to, you have to be that way as a pitcher i guess but um, no, happy to see us get Henry Davis, but yeah, the, the Braves Bronson that, that, uh, getting back to the NL East, yeah. the Braves and it's a three team hunt. there, all within a two and a half games. Um, all, again, the wild cards wide open for one of them teams as well. Um, they go out and make a ton of moves and after losing Acuna junior, arguably the best player yeah. in the game, that was a huge part uh, of them. I hate to see it cause he's such an exciting player and he's the, the you know, the, he's the best player on the Braves and, Boy, how yeah. do you move on? How do you move on after losing your best player? But the Braves and Alex Anthopoulos is never going to mail it in. Um, he goes out and gets some outfield help um, because they they lost Acuna. He goes out and just gets uh, Adam Duvall, who was with them last year, signed with the Marlins in the offseason, and comes back at the deadline to the Braves. 
And they also get Jorge Soler, former Cub top prospect. At one point, he was, I think, the top prospect in the game, um, who's carved out a decent career. He hit close to, I think he hit above 40 homers, close to 50 homers last year. Um, So between them two, Bronson, I think they almost make up for Acuna. Like, they'll platoon a little bit. Um, It softens that blow. Um, because you know they, they and and I think people forget they got Jock Peterson about about a month before the deadline. Yeah, so they pretty much with those three guys are going to equal Acuna's output. Um, and then Bronson, they went out and got our closer from the Pirates, Richard Rodriguez. Yeah, they did. Which I liked because we got Bryce Wilson in return, a young pitcher that I really like. He actually started in the NLCS last year as like a 21-year-old and showed really good signs of of of, uh, of potential. And you know a guy that's already had that kind of experience in the playoffs has got a, a leg up on everybody else. He made his debut for the Pirates the other day and didn't look bad. So I'm really happy with that deal. Um, and the Braves also, Bronson, added um, Eddie Rosario. Uh, he came over um, as well. So uh, exciting times in the NL East. It's going to be uh, it's going to be down to the wire. I, I mean, I the Mets, Phillies, and Braves. I'd like to see two of those teams make the the playoffs, but uh, the wild card is going to be tough with those teams out west. Um, I don't know if those three Bronson, what you who who do you think helped themselves the most, and who do you think has the best chance at winning the NL East? Uh, my guy, I mean, just because I've always had a, a childhood love of the Braves, I feel like they've done their best to kind of uh, alleviate the loss of, of Ronald Acuna by getting got you know Jacques Peterson, Jorge Soler, um, getting Duval and Rosario the, 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 to kind of put to kind of put that team. Where it, it can, considering a huge loss like like Acuna uh, Jr., uh, Rich Rod obviously from the Pirates and that back end of the bullpen, but I I mean Frank that power lineup of the Mets to add a guy like Javi Baez to it is just such, I mean that's 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 scary that's that's scary for them and I. Like I said, I always like the Mets to be good because I feel like when they play the Yankees, it's always such a great series. Uh, but it's 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 basically any team, with the exception of of uh, Miami and, and Washington, it's kind of they're kind of in there. They're kind of they're yeah. kind of in the, the thick of things. But the Mets getting biased, that was the one that seemed to the, sent the most shockwaves through baseball. <laughs> and obviously, you know, we're gonna get into the Central here, so I'm gonna hold my opinion on the Cubs here until we cover that. But um. I would say, that, I mean, the Braves added the the, the the quantity of players, and obviously Solaire was a Cubs prospect. You said he's kind of moved around here and there, not as much, but enough. And Jock Peterson, who I know is a guy who's always clutch in October and November when it, when when baseball's gone that deep uh, for the Dodgers, and then he finds his way here to the Braves. Um, I mean, I would say Braves are meant, and I see the Phillies, and they're nothing to to to, to snub their nose up, but. I, I just feel like the Met, the Mets are really trying to push to really uh, assert their dominance like they were in the, in the in the 80s and, and 90s. Uh, as as the, it's that battle, Frank. It's that battle of, of of a big city like New York. You know, they're 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 always battling the Yankees for headlines and and getting a guy like Javi Baez is is is, is, is a way to go there. And like you said, uh, the it, upgrading their bullpen too, getting you know like it was a throw in, but obviously Trevor Williams kind of boost boost 
bolstered their bullpen. Say that three times fast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I I would say that I mean the the, the Mets the Mets acquiring bias is the one that sticks out to me. Like that's the whoa, like yeah, because you're adding him to an already potent lineup there, and then you you know if you hope you hope that Syndergaard can maybe come back and put it together, and 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 obviously not looking good for Degrom at this point, but. Um, it's crazy, Frank, you know, that this is the time of year where, where guys, you know, a guy, guys, we're not even talking about have a chance to, to really immortalize themselves in baseball history. And, and this is, this is where the, this is where legends are born, you know, going into the fall, going into the playoffs, this is where names are made, you know? So I think the Mets, I think the Mets with Baez and then obviously probably the Braves, you know, trying to, you know, sustain that loss of, of Ronald Acuna, but um, it'll be fun. To, it'll be fun. To, you know, now with uh, football starting up and there's no hockey, I've kind of tried to get as much into baseball as I can. So kicking it over to the central, Frankie. Yeah, this is a, a division I'm a little more familiar with because uh, obviously mm-hmm. our beloved battling buckos are in it. And uh, I've been watching the last couple days. So games drop it in here and there. Um, yeah. And the thing I'll tell you, I'll actually tell you the bat, the bad part up first before we hit to the Pirates. Obviously, we've we mentioned all three. Well, we're going to mention the Chris Bryant trade when we go to the West, but um, the top three potent weapons of the Cubs, Frank, this is the disintegration of the Cubs. Obviously, they're going to rebuild and, and kind of start from scratch again. But, you know, they, they trade Kimbrell. They, you know, they trade uh, Rizzo to the Yankees, Bias to the Mets. Uh, Bryant no, to the Giants. It's not really a spoiler, but mm-hmm. and and uh, this is kind of the disintegration of the Cubs, Frank. This is kind of the the price you pay for the the dynasty that they've had there in the last like three or four years. And you know, contracts come up. You know, do you really want to play these guys, especially when you have guys coming through the the pipeline? Um, so the Cub, the mighty Cubs, the the 2016 uh, World Series champions, and breaking that 100 year curse. Uh, they're they're going to kind of have to retool and go, go back to the drawing board and and rely on some prospects and go back to it, Frank. And uh, they're kind of out of the, the they're definitely out of the running. So that allows you know teams like the you know the Cardinals are always going to be a part of it. The Cardinals, Brewers, and Reds are kind of the the three headed monster there, Frankie. And what do you you break down? Uh, obviously, uh, a former Bucket was on the move. It seems like uh, that Jay Happ is always the guy that sees the kind of move at the deadline. He's always seems to be the kind of guy that a contending team brings on. Obviously the Pirates did that in the past. Other teams in the past have done that before too. But um, um this is me teeing you up, man. John Lester goes to the, to the, to the Cardinals. So I just love this. Like this familiar names, guys, guys that you need for uh, trying to get a deep run into October. Yeah, Bronson, great analyst uh, analysis for the Central there. Um, just shocking to see the Cubs like, you know, totally just bare, bare cupboards now. You know, five years removed from their yeah. their world title, they broke the curse. Um, I, I the Cub fans, you know, they got that title, but now they're they're looking around, thinking what what's next. I mean, all, only Wilson Contreras remaining. Um, yeah. Hopefully, they, they think they stockpiled enough prospects. You know, they they've always. You know, Theo Epstein and company there, um, they'll spend money again. So when 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 big time free agents hit the market, um, they'll make a splash and all it takes is, you know, you know, sign two or three of them um and, and build around some of your you know young up and coming prospects. Um they 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 like guys like Ian Happ, Nico Horner, Patrick Wisdom. 
Um, obviously Contreras, um, but they're going to have to make, if they want to get good again, they might have to make a splash in free agency down the road and sign some big, big name free agents. Like, you know, perhaps does a, does a Mike Trout finally get sick of the angels and not winning and make a big splash and get traded to the Cubs. Um, if you would waive his no trade clause, you know, something like that, you know, they could get good again quick. But just shocking that they're kind of going to kind of tear it down again and try to rebuild like they did back in 2010. You remember they were losing 100 games and they were picking up guys in trades like, you know, a young Anthony Rizzo from the Padres for um, I can't remember who went back to the Padres in that deal. But they were just making shrewd moves and getting prospects and they all turned out and they, they won it all with some spending, you know, on top of that. Um, but the Cubs are going to be bad for 22 and 23, most likely, which is going to be crazy to see. Um, Cardinals are pretenders in my mind, Bronson. They've had a rough year all year, just hovering around 500. Um, they've had some injuries. Uh, Goldschmidt is overpaid and not panning out for what they thought. He was a stud in Arizona. He's come to the Cardinals and he has not hit for the power or average that, they, that he's normally used to. Um, he's kind of just a, an average player these days. Um, the Arenado pickup was awesome for them, and he's long-term going to be their cornerstone, but not proven to be enough. Um, but they go out and act like buyers and get John Lester and Jay Happ to that rotation. Um, do, they do nothing offensively. They don't add a single bat during the deadline. Um, they'd have to get really hot to be a player in that central or wild card bronze, and they'd have to wrap off like eight out of nine you know, win like 12 out of 14. Um, I don't see them doing it. Um, the the Reds shocked me. They did barely anything. They have a potent lineup, but could have used pitching. They did get reliever Michael Gibbons um, to that struggling bullpen. But the Reds are, you know, they're, they're sniffing at the Brewers. Um, the Brewers lead that division. And the, and the Reds are seven and a half back um, within striking distance. Um, they, they're only four out of the second wild card, the Reds. So I thought they would have went out and done and did more. Um, but we'll see. Um, and then the, the Brewers being the, the, the cream of the crop in that division and to compete with the big boys that win the East or the West, um, the Brewers look like they're getting into the playoffs for sure. But to, when they get there, can they compete with the big spenders and the big boys, um, I don't know. All they went and did was get John Curtis and Daniel Norris for the bullpen. And they added one bat. Um, they added uh, Escobar from the Diamondbacks, guy that can play any infield position. So um, Brewers, they're going to cruise to the NL Central crown once they get to the playoffs. Will they be an early exit? Because their lineup, I don't. I think, has some holes. Brewers can pitch, though, Bronson. Uh, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff. Um, the bullpen with Josh Hader and Devin Williams. Um, they have probably the best staff in that division for sure and in the National League. So they're going to try to win it with pitching. Um, I would have liked to see them add another bat, but they were probably on the phones, just didn't land one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that, the central. And, uh, by the way, Andrew Kashner was the guy. Uh, there you go. The Rizzo trade. Thanks. And I didn't that. know Rizzo was drafted by the Red Sox. He was yeah. part of the Adrian Gonzalez trade. Yeah, so he's moved on twice. Yeah, so no, uh, so yeah, I, 
that leaves us with one division left, Bronson. We got to wrap up this MLB segment. We've <laughs> yeah. gone long. Um, well, I mean, I'll tell you what. If you want to end it, you're going to end it with the the, the big boys in the in the. Adults. I did. I. This is the way I did the divisions on purpose because I want to wrap up with the biggest the biggest movers. Um, started off the Padres, who are you know with AJ Preller at, at GM, they've they've thrown whatever money they could at at this thing to try to get good again. Um, they made that playoff run last year to the second round. Um, they get Adam Frazier from our Pirates. That was one of the first moves to go. Um, so they get a solid leadoff guy that can hit for average. They don't need power. Everybody says Adam Frazier doesn't hit for enough power. Well. They don't need it in San Diego, so he can hit in front of those big boppers like um, Tatis Jr. and Machado and Hosmer and get on base for them. So I like that move. They get Jake Marisnik, another Cub sell-off, to um, give them outfield depth. And then they get Daniel Hudson, the guy that closed for the Nationals and that, uh, you know, got that final out. Yeah, uh, in the former Bucko as well. Yeah, so... Um, they did enough. I would have liked to see them get a starter. They were in on Barrios. That would have been awesome because, of course, their big pickup, Mike Clevenger, out for the year with Tommy John. They picked him up last year from the Indians. Um, they did get you Darvish in the offseason from the Cubs. So that rotation, and they got Blake Snell from the Rays. So that rotation is anchored Musgrove by Musgrove as well. Yeah, Musgrove from the Pirates. So they're anchored by Snell, um, Darvish, and Musgrove. So they like where their rotation's at. Um, if Denilson Lamette can come back at all, he's kind of in and out of the IL this year. Um, he was a stud last year, so if they can get him as that four starter, look out. But and then the Giants, the only move they really did was that other cup. Chris Bryant um, already homered in his debut. Um, as I said, by they all homered in their debut. They all homered in their debuts to make insult to injury. Rizzo's homered again tonight. He's already got three homers with the Yankees. Oh, love it, love it. He's up now. Um, I got MLB Network on runners at the corners. Nobody out, so he's facing a tough lefty. But uh, he had like a 14 pitch at bat tonight against Matt Harvey, who's kind of resurfaced with the the Orioles. I thought he'd move at the deadline. Um, 14 pitch at bat that ended in a walk. Uh, then he homered his next at bat. So Rizzo's just <laughs> killed. Me. Um, he he's setting records for like debuts with the Yankees. They're showing on the screen now, but. Uh, but no, the, yeah. So the Giants get Bryant. Uh, that's about all they added, and then that brings us finally, and we'll wrap up MLB trade deadline <laughs> talk. Thanks for hanging the with us. The defending champs. I, I know you non-baseball fans might want to skip through this segment, but we're done with baseball here in a minute. Uh, the Dodgers, the defending champs, Dodgers, highest payroll in baseball, two hundred ninety million, luxury tax. We don't care. Um, they go out and get Max Scherzer, who's debuting tonight in a few minutes as we record on Wednesday the 4th. Um, they get Max Scherzer, Cy Young winner, World Series champion. Unbelievable that the rich get richer. And, oh, as a throw-in, Bronson, they just get <laughs> all-star shortstop and stud leadoff hitter, speed demon, Trey Turner. So they have Justin Turner and Trey Turner now. Um, they have a shortstop already, Corey Seager. Trey Turner, nobody knows where he's going to play, but whatever, we'll find a spot for him. Center field, second base. Um, he's on <laughs> the COVID find a place list. For him, he's on the COVID list for another like eight days, yeah. so we won't see him debut in Dodger well, Blue for a while. Question: I'm sure it's not Trey and Justin not related. No, I don't believe so. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I doubt it. Um, but no, Bronson. Then quiet moves. Danny Duffy from the Royals. I said the Royals didn't sell, but I forgot to mention their their ace pitcher, Danny Duffy, um, did go to the Dodgers. So another rotation ad there. 
Um, he's also injured and had, won't debut for a little bit. And then Bronson brought it up, as I heard, too, right before we started recording. Uh, off air, he told me, and I, and I saw it did break on the, on the ticker, um, former All-Star and World Series MVP Cole Hamels. Yeah. Um, Mid-30s now, hasn't pitched all year, was looking for a job. Um, only a couple starts in the COVID year with the Braves last year. Um, most notably recently with the Texas Rangers after his Phillies uh, tenure. Um, but Cole Hamill signs with the Dodgers. So this is a rotation now, Bronson, with Cy Youngs and MVPs and World Series rings just falling out of the wazoo. <laughs> Kershaw, Scherzer, um, David Price, yeah, throwing a Duffy. And, and you have now Cole Hamels. And sadly, we're not even mentioning the $40 million man, Cy Young winner Trevor Bauer. Because we don't know yeah. his status if he's going to return at all this year dealing with some of that domestic abuse and sexual assault allegations that are going on that are you know hard to hear. And we hope that justice gets uh, served in whatever way it can. If I hope he gets off if he's innocent. Um, but if he if he did do some of the stuff that's accused, uh, it's, it's pretty nasty and we might not see uh, Trevor Bauer again. Um, yeah. A situation like Felipe Vasquez where like he just disappears and I don't know if they can void his contract because I think he did sign what, like a four year deal with the the, 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 the yeah. Dodgers. But um, but scary Bronson, uh, if he if he does get cleared of charges and comes back, I mean, just I mean, sign them up for the cha- the title again. I mean, oh my lord, oh, can you imagine if, if if he's able if they're able to get him cleared and he comes in the lineup? Good Ker- lord, almighty! Kershaw, Scherzer, Bauer. I mean, unbelievable. Um, but no, and and then just to wrap it up, Bronson. Um, Pretty pretty shocked about the players that didn't go. Trevor Story of the of the Rockies. Um, a lot of people had the Yankees getting him, um, or the Reds. The Reds could have used a shortstop, and they're in that race. So not sure if they were making calls, and the Roy the, the Rockies just wanted to hold on to him, so they had somebody to, to you know to get some fans in the in the stands. But I, I thought they could have got a haul for Trevor Story. Um, Jesus Aguilar having a good year with the. The Marlins did not go anywhere. Some had him going back to Milwaukee because they need first base help. Milwaukee. But uh, but no, that's about it. Uh, that's, that's enough of uh, MLB talk, Bronson. Thanks for allowing me to have my platform. Oh, no, man. It was, it was a great I deadline. Um, I, I hope it didn't get too boring going team by right. team there and who added who. But um, I want to let Bronson. I, I kind of need a breather. Um, Got to get a drink of water and, and put myself on mute for a while and let Bronson take over because a couple topics that he's passionate about. Um, that we what? like to th- we like to throw in on this show is 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 some racing and some wrestling, Bronson. So if you, anything else you want to add, go ahead. But I'm turning. Yeah, the, well, I don't want you to go too to far because I, 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 okay. I want you to help me on the next thing I'm going to talk about because uh, okay, we'll you were the one that texted me about this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no, but uh, to, to wrap up the baseball thing, I'm just curious to see you know you know the Mets, the Giants, the Yankees, the, 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 where, where the the three the three amigos and the Cubs go there. And obviously, I just want I want to. I'm hoping the Yankees have a deep run, but we'll see. I just, I just want to see great baseball. There's 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 a lot of great playoffs in sports, but uh, October when baseball playoffs roll around is always fun to watch. And just like mm-hmm. every pitch means something, and so uh, I'm I'm excited to see what what, what the fallout is, and and uh, just stay tuned. That's I'm kind of locked into there and the NFL. So um, 
we'll I've always uh, check in with with, uh, with Frankie when it comes to the to the diamond. Uh, moving on though, um, we're gonna slide a little little Bronson uh, time here. We're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna go to racing first here. And um, I told Frank I didn't really want him to go too far here because um, uh, there is um, obviously NASCAR going on, and there's other forms of motorsports, IMSA, IndyCar, you know, MotoGP, things like that, um, Trans Am. But uh, I I was uh, we everyone was kind of curious when when we would get back to. Um, Normalcy, at least the the brief period we did kind of get that. Um, Tony Stewart's uh, racing series, Frank, the SRX series, the Superstar Racing Experience, uh, debuted at the beginning of I think it was like May on um, on CBS Sports. It was Saturday night. It was on channel, you know, the, the main CBS network. They were given two hours every Saturday night, and uh, it's kind of a. It, I don't know, Frank, if you were a younger kid, if you remember the IROC, the International Race of Champions, mm-hmm. um, that was uh, didn't really get much TV time, but those who followed racing really enjoyed it. And it was basically, Frank, the best racers in all of the different disciplines of racing. So you would see, like, you know, let's say IndyCar, you would see, like, Al Unser and Mario Andretti race, like, Dale Earnhardt and, like, Jeff Gordon. So it was cool to see guys from different series race each other. Yeah. And it was, and they they raced in like stock, you know, not stock cars, but everybody's car was the same. They'd run Pontiac Firebirds, and I think they changed it through the years. They changed manufacturers and cars. It but reminds everyone, me of uh, to jump in. I just watched uh, Cars Cars Two, the the car the animated movie. If you've ever seen it, they kind of they kind of do that there. Yeah, it's it's it, everyone has the same car, everyone has the same setup, and it's basically just racing these tracks that determine the champion. Um, Tony Stewart was the last ever recognized IROC champion. Matt Kenseth's one of Mark Martin's won it, but it's cool, Frank, as you would see a guy like Al Unser face Dale Earnhardt, and then he would face Steve Kinzer, a dirt track champion, and then like you know maybe like John Force would race it, the guy from drag racing or whatever. So it's cool to see like who who is the best of the best that, uh, is in, 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 all things considered equal. Well, that series, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Frank, that series kind of folded in the mid-2000s. And Tony Stewart had kind of um, longed to have the, the, the IROC series kind of return. But uh, him and Ray Everham, Frank Ray Everham was the crew chief of Jeff Gordon for many years, the many cup championships. Then Everham uh, helped Dodge come back into NASCAR. Bill Elliott uh, and that Dodge team, they, they had some success. But Ray Everham was kind of, you know, been behind the scenes and kind of working on cars and collecting cars. But him and Tony kind of had the brainchild of the series. And the cool thing about it is there's not only the different drivers from different disciplines, but the schedule was like a five or six race schedule. And I know my racing friends are going to butcher me for getting something wrong, but it's kind of the top of my head. There was like there was like a five six race schedule, and Frank it was dirt tracks and pavement tracks. So, uh, you know, it was like different um, different ways to kind of you know see who's good at what. Um, so I've been watching it for a few weeks, and I may have mentioned it once on the podcast. Uh, and then the one Saturday night, I want to say it was a dirt race, maybe or maybe it was some. But Frankie throws me a text. He goes, "Hey, what's this thing I'm watching on on Channel Two here, CBS?" And because I know Tony Stewart's in it and a couple other guys I'm recognizing, Michael Waltrip. What is this? And so it was cool that you know Frankie just happened to find it on the on the dial and then mm-hmm. tuned in. But um, it is the Superstar Racing Experience. The cars are stocked. There's no like manufacturer. Just a it's just a race car, a bunch of race cars built by Ray Abraham Frank. You had Tony Stewart. You had Michael Waltrip. Uh, a lot of the guys we grew up watching in the '90s in NASCAR: Bill Elliott, Bobby Labonte. Um, uh, then some guys from IndyCar, Tony Kanon, 
Elio Castroneves, who won the Indy 500 this year, he's in the series. He'd come into the series before he won the 500. So that was also a big draw. You can, you know, come to your local track and see the, the Indianapolis 500 winner. Uh, Marco Andretti, who's kind of taking a break from IndyCar, Joni Tony Stewart. So not only Frank, Frank not only is the guys who had, you know, legends in racing, but Tony Stewart gave a chance to a guy like Ernie Francis Jr., a guy who came up through Trans Am. He's 22, 23 years old. He's kind of a guy that without the series would not have gotten any kind of exposure. Um, Haley Deegan, Frank, if you know Brian Deegan, the the uh, motocross fame and and uh, Baja or the dirt racing fame. His daughter Haley Deegan, she's what 18, and you know, so she's done a couple races. Um, so basically, not to go into a big 20 minute tangent, but there's different tracks, Frank, dirt racing, and then there's pavement tracks. And each week, there's a local guy that a local guy to represent the the field too. And then there's some guys Tony Stewart calls the ringers, guys that just come in for a week or whatever. Um, the first week was at Stafford Speedway, and then um, I forget the guy's name. He races in the modifieds, but he's the he's like the 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 first week of the SRX that the local guy won. Um, and so that was a cool story. But Tony Stewart uh, won a couple races, and he won the championship, Frank. But uh, it was cool to see some guys come in. You know, like uh, um, uh, Scott Bloomquist came in on a, on a dirt race at Eldora. Uh, Knoxville, I think we raced Knoxville. Knoxville and Eldora, big dirt racing tracks there. Tony Stewart won at Knoxville. Um, but it was just cool, Frank. It's two hours. It's not like a NASCAR broadcast. It's not four hours. You're kind of, mm-hmm. it's timed. The heat races are very quick. And it's a very, it keeps moving, break, race, break, race. Interviews. Uh, Brad Doherty, Frank, the, of uh, NBA fame, but he's a big NASCAR fan. Um, but it was cool to see some guys come in and, and, and show their stuff. Haley Deegan got a lot of exposure. She's trying to come up in the NASCAR ranks. So being on Saturday night, get you exposure. Ernie Francis, as I mentioned earlier, won a race, Frank. So now there's teams looking at him. They've never seen this kid, and he's so great in a race car because Trans Am has no television deal, so no one sees him. He goes on Tony Stewart's race. He wins a, he wins a couple heat races and races, and then you know he gets that exposure. But the last week, Frank, I don't know if that was the pavement race, NASCAR had the week off, and Chase Elliott, Bill Elliott's son, decided, I'm going to come down to Nashville and run a race. And then he wins it. He races his dad, like, fender to fender for a few laps, and he wins the race. And so it's a cool series for purposes. Uh, Tony Stewart did win the championship over Ernie Francis. But it's not like it's a huge, like, taking seriously racing They've changed rules as the season's got along as they uh, uh, overcome some obstacles. But Frank, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the ratings had the ratings, the feedback that that, that CBS got were really good. And uh, I do believe we're going to have a renewed of the SRX series. It seemed to did really well. It brought a guy like you, who's not really a big motorsports mm-hmm. fan, in. you know, you even said he goes, "I'm going to watch this for a little bit." Spark the curiosity, yeah. Yeah. And it's cool because it's like it's only two hours. So, you know, like mm-hmm. it's timed. You know, you're going to get out on time. And this is kind of the thing where I go back to, you know, I get on my soapbox, Frank, for motorsports. I think a series like Sprint Car Dirt Racing, the World of Outlaws, that'd be a great made for TV thing. Because now I get it. Like if there's a red flag, if there's rain, what do you do to television? But and a lot of the diehard uh, World of Outlaw fans go, well, if it's made for TV, then it has to be commercials and then events take longer and things like that. One of the big things about World of Outlaws is they're not contractually held to a TV contract, so they can move things as fast or as slow as they want. 
But but I just think like the SRX Frank, you know, that happens at local dirt tracks all across the country. You just don't have the superstars there. That's mm-hmm. the kind of racing you get. And so I think people see that. And obviously you have the star power of Tony Stewart and like Haley Deegan, you know, because she's a good look, you know, she's a tremendous talent, but obviously nice on the eyes. So that that mm-hmm. brings ratings and 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 Paul Tracy's in that too, another former IndyCar uh, you know, winner and champion. But um you know, a lot, a lot of legends, and it was a great, it was a great experience, and it was like five or six weeks, Frank. So like, it wasn't long. You didn't get tired of it. They knew, you know, the people. Basically, to kind of wrap this up, kudos to everyone at the SRX series. It was a fantastic series. I'm sure when it comes back next spring, I'm sure, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, you know, our society lets, you know, our society uh, landscape allows that to happen. Uh, you know, I'm sure Frankie will probably check out a couple more races and stuff like that. And it's cool to be on Saturday night on CBS, you know, network television, Frank, where even even people with no cable, you know, mm-hmm. the bunny ears, they can they can get in and, and get in right. on this. And uh, Tony Stewart, you know, he's a guy who really loves to, you know, help. He, he loves racing as much as the fans do. He's a fan of himself, he says, even though he's a racer, he's a fan of himself. So he guys like, likes to put his his input and he. You know what would the fans like to see, and that's why him and Ray Everhand got the series. So I just can't say enough good things about it, and to kind of put a wrap on it, Frank, um, John Madden of all people, you know, the football coaching <laughs> legend. You know, he apparently texted uh, the president of CBS Sports, and he said, "What is this?" And I guess he was explaining to him, he goes, "This is really well done. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm not even a racing fan, and I'm enjoying watching this." So, for a, a sports legend like John Madden to put his stamp of approval on it you know goes to show so right so i'm looking forward to see what tony and, and ray Everett are going to do next year we're going to stay on the dirt frank and go to um i've been obviously singing kyle larson's praises all year and obviously during his um uh for lack of a better term his hiatus from nascar last year obviously you know self-inflicted he went on the dirt racing scene and just seemed to kind of win race by race by race by race by race uh you know late models you know midgets sprint cars um uh that was a great season he had last year but this year you know um i want to give a little shout out uh, to bill steinbach the third he does the a main podcast i just listened to this recent episode uh he he was saying you know that larson's year this year could could possibly be even better because larson's winning not only is he winning dirt races he's winning the premier races he just won the king's royal in eldora tony stewart's track that's a very prestigious dirt race to win frank and not only is he he's he was winning these. He wasn't winning these premier dirt races, but he was just winning a bunch of dirt races, local track races. But not only is he winning the, the premier dirt races this year, Frank. He's doing this while completely just destroying the NASCAR Cup Series. So, like he to kind of put things in perspective, Kyle Larson's like a modern day Tony Stewart. Where like this guy's racing Cup races on Sunday, he's racing local dirt races through the week. Um, uh, NASCAR is kind of taking a two-week hiatus, Frank, with the Olympics. With NBC being the Olympics, they just basically gave NASCAR a couple weeks off. A couple, uh, I'm sure a lot of the drivers have enjoyed the vacation. There's even talks about maybe having a two-week hiatus every year now because they seem to have enjoyed it. But there's some guys, Frank, racing's in their blood. It's like they love it. They're addicted to it. So Kyle Larson did take a week vacation. Considering the schedule he has, I mean, he deserves that. But um, Christopher Bell was at Lernerville a couple years, a couple, a couple weeks ago at a uh, Locally up here, Frank and Sarver, and um, Alex Bowman, who's just kind of getting the feel for driving sprint cars. He's kind of raced midgets and pavement midgets and dirt midgets. He's trying to give the sprint car thing a try. Um, his team, Alex Bowman Racing, 
he kind of can't really start at big tracks, Frank, because he still needs to get the hold of it. So he made an appearance a couple weeks ago at, at locally in Franklin, PA, at uh, Tri City. I had a chance to meet him and interact with him. Good kid, and uh, wish nothing. But he's he's Kyle Larson's teammate, Frank, at Hendrick Motorsports. He's driving Jimmy Johnson's iconic number forty-eight car since Jimmy Johnson retired, and he and before that he was driving the eighty-eight that Dell Jr. made famous for Hendrick Motorsports. So um, Alex is a star to watch for sure, and he's like one of those guys too that. He doesn't even want a vacation. He just wants to keep racing, and and this is a way for him to do that as well. So um, we're going to kind of get back to racing here. In a, in a NASCAR's at Watkins Glen this weekend. IndyCar is on the streets of Nashville, Frank. Uh, a lot of barriers on the bridge in, in, in downtown Nashville. They're going to turn downtown Nashville into a race course, and so IndyCar is going to do that. Joseph Newgarden, the pressure is on him to to come away with a W since this is his home race. Um but yeah, racing coming back. F1's now going on a little bit of a hiatus uh, for a few weeks, and and IndyCar and and, uh, and uh, NASCAR coming back uh, as the Olympics will end there. Um, and uh, just kind of going to wrestling, um, kind of going to transition a little bit to wrestling now. Um, just kind of was AEW's on right now, and uh, big congrats. I think I already mentioned last show. Uh, local product, uh, Britt Baker. That's Doctor Britt Baker. Say it with me, D. M D even D. Frank's getting on board with it. I love it. I freaking love it. Uh, she's been awesome. She's probably one of the bigger stars, Frank, in pro wrestling. And she actually was just recently on the cover of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So it's cool to see Britt Baker look, you know, you know, starting her, her wrestling career in the in the local gyms and in uh armories here in Western PA. And, and now she's a big time star on television, TNT. Um Assuming COVID allows us to do so, Frank, AEW is going to run a show next week, two shows in Pittsburgh next week uh, at the Peterson Event Center. They're running uh, Dynamite, their TV show, and they're debuting a TV show in Pittsburgh, uh, their new show, Friday night show called Rampage. Uh, So Pittsburgh will be history. They'll debut AEW's second uh, TV show, Rampage. So uh, I haven't been watching too much WWE, Frank. I've kind of taking a break from it since WrestleMania. I've not been really uh, happy with the direction WWE has been going creatively. They keep touting stars, but it seems like every time they're down and out or the, the money, the draw, the draw power's not there. They bring back all the part-timer guys like Bill Goldberg's coming back. He's going to wrestle Bobby Lashley. I'm sure it'll draw good for SummerSlam. SummerSlam is like their, their second WrestleMania, basically the WrestleMania of the summer. Uh, they brought John Cena back for the summer, Frankie. He's going to wrestle probably Roman Reigns for the title as we see right now. So they're bringing all these part-time guys back, which I understand. And I'm sure John Cena's coming back too because uh, he's part of that new movie, The Justice League. So Is that also like get... your uh, – didn't you say before in a, in a prior episode they'd have like some type of futures contract or a Legends deal? deal. Well, Are see, these guys on of... that? He's not quite the Legends deal. And actually speaking of Legends deal, I'm going to go back to that in a second. But – um, um, Cena's kind of doing the part-time gig. He he's really hasn't been on WWTV a lot because he's doing a lot of movies and TV shows. But um, he actually was here in Pittsburgh recently for a for a live event, uh, an event not on TV, but he wrestled. Kind of get in shape for SummerSlam. Like you can't just walk into a ring. You know, you have to kind of get in that ring shape. And so John Cena will be wrestling around live events across the country, kind of getting in shape for his match against Roman Reigns. But it's just Frank. You know, they always try to tout these new stars, and it's like. If if these stars weren't so, you know, if they, if they were as big as Vince wants them to be, they wouldn't have to keep bringing these part-timer guys back. And I know Cena, you're always going to bring Cena back because other than Hogan and Rock and Austin, he's one of the biggest stars in the history of the company. 
but you know bringing back a you know mid 50s bill goldberg back and it's like i feel like every time there's like a lot in the story that we got to bring back all the old you know the old i don't want to say old guys because bill goldberg in mid 50s is better shape and better than i would be but but just I feel like that should be a spot that a younger star should get a chance to attain, Frank. And so WWE's been kind of in limbo, Frank, because uh, uh, Nick Khan is their C, their CFO. He's kind of the guy in charge of like their finances and stuff. And Vince has put a lot of uh, confidence in him. There was a lot of uh, cuts over the spring. But last weekend, Frank, the biggest release of WWE hit the, the shockwaves of wrestling as uh, Bray Wyatt was released from his WWE contract. And he's a big star. It's not like, you know, a guy who was mid-card or, you know, he was a big star. He was he factored into their plans. They claim it was, quote, Frank, uh, uh, financial issues. Don't worry. WWE isn't struggling to keep their water coolers in their office. This is basically just to make sure that their their revenue kind of, as they lose money, they don't want to, you know what I mean, to keep, to keep the profits kind of on the same level. Um so there's a lot of rumors, and I said it a couple shows ago, Frank, that WWE's kind of there's a lot of rumors they're kind of positioning itself to possibly be be purchased by by uh, NBC and the, the media conglomerate there. So um, it's unfortunate that Bray Wyatt got released, and uh, who knows what what's gonna what's down the line for him. His real name is um, Wyndham Rotunda. Um, he's been such a you know his characters, and he's so good, and you know all the facets of the Bray Wyatt slash Fiend character. I'm excited to see where he ends up next, but uh, it's WWE's kind of, I don't know. They, they, they probably need a big draw at SummerSlam, Frank. It's going to be at Allegiant stadium uh, in in Las Vegas. So I don't know where that stands with the, with all this, this mandate coming down from COVID now with the mask coming back. So I, I don't know where we're going to be in a couple of weeks since we just got masks back in certain places. So um, I guess kind of stay tuned for that. Um, but no, Frank, AEW's been going really well, too. Um, Chris Jericho is still one of the top guys there, but they're trying to build new stars. Adam Hangman Page has been awesome. Kenny Omega is one of the best bout guys in the biz. You know, he's the guy we do the, the closing, the, the good, the goodbye and good night thing. And uh, he's he's one of the best heels in the company right now. And uh, obviously, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, MJF. He, the guy just oozes charisma. He reminds me of a modern day Roddy Piper, if that makes sense. He's just a guy that can really get under your skin. You just want to smack him in the face, but you know, that's the kind of hill you need. And <laughs> excuse me there, but no, he's, he's such a tremendous star and like hit with him and Britt Baker and, and so many guys in AEW. And I don't want to sound like I'm a, a, a pro AEW guy and anti WWE. WWE has some big stars as well, but, um, it seems like the stock is going high for AEW right now, and and Vince Vince McMahon kind of made a snide comment about every guy they get rid of AEW seems to bring in, but but here's the thing: every star AEW brings brings in, it seems to be on a better better level. You know, it seems like AEW isn't as convoluted and scripted as WWE TV. So it's kind of what you like at the th- Frank. If you like if you like more entertainment for your buck, you probably want to go WWE. Like more like movie kind of style kind of wrestling WWE is probably you're you're playing but if you love pure athleticism and wrestling and 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 uh kind of not by the script AEW is probably your thing to go there too so uh no just uh like I said I haven't watched too much WWE since then I get you know I watch the recap shows and whatnot but racing the, just covering the racing and wrestling a lot of stuff that not everyone kind of follows 
it's it's kind of cool to do that. Also, it's always curious to see how AEW reacts because uh, the of the ownership also owning the Jacksonville Jaguars. So who knows if we'll see Trevor Lawrence on an episode of AEW Dynamite or Urban Meyer <laughs> was already on a pay-per-view. He was Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho got into a fight into his office. So it was funny to see Urban Meyer in a wrestling pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it's kind of cool they have that thing with the Jaguars. So maybe if AEW does fall on hard times, they can have Urban Meyer come on TV or something and promote the product. But <laughs> um but no, Frank, the, uh I'm really excited about racing coming back up and and uh when we get around the NASCAR uh the cup championship, we'll be setting the field up and uh and who knows? Who knows who will be the champion? This will be the, the kind of tied up on racing, Frank. This will be the last year of the of this generation's car. Next year, NASCAR will debut the next gen car. Uh, I could go all day telling you what the differences are, but you have to see it. You have to see the product to kind of know it. But uh, different kind of cars next year, so it's going to be really um, interesting to see what happens there, Frank. So I'm sure I've bored enough people about motorsports and racing and wrestling, but uh, you know, Frank needed a little bit of uh, free time. I'm going to need a little <laughs> bit of free time too, because uh, I'm going to turn it over to Frank. He's going to cover uh, NBA, uh, the NBA free agency and trades, and uh, to kind of tee Frank up. I mean, big congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks, um, the Greek Freak Giannis. Um, the one that I was a big fan, Frank. I wanted the the Suns to win because of Chris Paul and and Cam Johnson, who you know played a pit and transferred to UNC. But um, really happy for Giannis and the Bucks. You know, no more no more super team. A legit team wins. And uh, and before I turn it over to you, I just want to say how happy I was to see that. You know, I'm tired. I'm tired of you know all the you know it's like steeple hockey here in, in the local area. <laughs> if you don't win the championship, just stack a team up and. But uh, no, it's cool right. that an actual team won the championship, and I'm excited to see where where they go from here. Uh, Bronson, great segment with uh, you know talking your your wheelhouses there with racing and wrestling. Um, I did enjoy some of the SRX series. I was a little bummed out. I think I caught it like right towards the end, but interesting how they put some you know legends and all stars in kind of the the same car and, and and see see a different type of style. I think it will draw the casual fan, and I hope to see more of it. Um, and wrestling, it really surprises me. AEW, um, I never thought I'd see anybody come up and challenge the WWE after WCW faded. And um, we're seeing AEW kind of, they're not at the level yet, but I think they're they're getting there. And we're, we're not to the Monday Night Wars um, anymore. But from what I hear <laughs> from what you say, I definitely got to start checking it out because it sounds entertaining. Sounds it like they, they, they have a lot of uh, characters. Um, a lot of people to root for, good guys, bad guys. Um, so it's it sounds like they the WWE might have some competition finally again. And yeah, um, let's go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off, but it's like I get what they're trying to do. And a couple two things before I turn it back over to you. Um, with AEW, it's like they they're hoping you're gonna come and you're gonna come for Chris Jericho because he's a name, and then they hope you're gonna stay for the younger star. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like they know they need name recognition. I know Jericho was a guy during WWE's dominance in the Attitude Era was a guy that was part of that. So they're hoping you're gonna come to watch Chris Jericho, but you're gonna stay for these stars. And and, and as wrestling history shown in the past, Frank, I feel like anyone that anyone that has a chance to, to compete with Vince McMahon, like you have to have the money. Like, look at what WCW did in the mid-90s with the Monday Night War. It mm-hmm. was Ted Turner. It yeah. was the Turner conglomerate with the Another billionaire, yeah. Yeah. And with now to with be AEW. able to market it and pay the stars the money. and Yeah. 
and and now with AEW, now that you know, not only are they getting new stars, but they're also kind of bringing in some older stars like Christian and Matt Hardy, guys that are familiar that were on WWE TV before. Because so, you need that name rec, you need you need those guys, you need the name recognition to get you to stay on the network. But like now, you know, with AEW, you know, owned and financed by Tony and Sean Khan, it's like, you know, they have more money than Vince. So, mm-hmm. so you you need that backing. You need that network TV. You need that big time TV deal with the with the money backing. So that's why AEW has a shot, Frank, because of the money that's being pumped into him. And that's that's what's all, that's what a wrestling organization has always needed. You've all you know they're 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 once have come through and have, have failed because of of just a lack of money. And you're gonna you're gonna need a, a Vince McMahon level guy to to to, to fund your product if you're gonna. Hope to have it, but um, before I turn this over to you in basketball, Frank, uh, one of the the guys that did the SRX coverage, as I mentioned, was Brad Doherty. You remember him, obviously. You know, uh, you know, played at UNC, played in in, in, in Cleveland, mm-hmm. uh, Cavaliers legend there, and uh, he was interviewing Brian Brown. He's a sprint car guy, and he was there at Knoxville. And so he interviews Brian Brown, and Brian goes, he's like, "Hey, Brad Doherty." He goes, "I haven't seen you since Jordan hit that shot." <laughs> i thought you would appreciate that burn <laughs> it was funny so it was, and he laughed he always laughs about yeah, it but it's and, and, and brad doherty is one of the, the the first guys that really um embraced michael jordan coming into nascar and being a team owner because brad doherty grew up in north carolina was a nascar fan his whole life so he loves and michael jordan's a big nice that's why he invested in the team but yeah brad doherty is also another guy that helps the sport out too and like i said him and mike are buddies obviously so he he loved Mike coming in with you know with Danny Hamlin and creating that team. So, <clears throat> but no, but um, but no, Frank, that that's a good transition to basketball and and, and NBA free agency started and trades happened. I only know a few, but you kind of you kind of um get on this a lot more than I do. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what your view is where where everyone went. I watched ESPN most of the day the other day, so. I was kind of watching everyone's reactions, you know, screaming A. Smith and, and <laughs> Max Kellerman and uh, um, uh, Rachel Nichols and Kendrick Perkins and all those guys, Jalen Rose and who knows. But now I want to see what you think and who's locked and loaded and who's ready for, for uh, the challenge, the Bucks. Oh, thanks, Bronson. Yeah, we don't cover the NBA a lot on this show. I mean, obviously, Bronson and I are probably even less than casual fans. Um, might uh, tune in towards the playoff time. Um you know, obviously not a team in Pittsburgh. LeBron's out of Cleveland now, and uh, not not much locally going on. We do have some whippeal stars um, in the NBA, which is kind of fun to root for. We we always try to find the ex pit guys, which lately there hasn't been many. But uh, no, it, there has been a splash this off season. And and nice shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks. We didn't cover the NBA Finals that much. I I was rooting for the Suns too, Bronson. Um, I, I did want to see CC3, CP3, <laughs> Chris Paul, uh, win it all. But um, uh, I think he yeah. still has a shot. With, I think Phoenix's window is still open. Um, but, uh, yeah, you'll see uh, Giannis and the Bucks. I mean, they, they like you said, a, a true team, you know, not really one of these super teams. Uh, it felt good in 2019 when the Raptors did it. Um, 20, 2021, we see the Bucks do it, and, and Giannis, the MVP, get his get his ring. So, um, back to kind of like some parody maybe in the NBA, but 
as a casual fan, I'll admit, Bronson, it's kind of excites me when I see some of the big market teams load up. Um, I'm kind of I'm probably guilty because as a pirate fan, I hate to see the Dodgers load up and the Yankees load up and all that. But in the NBA, I, I don't have a, a horse in the race. So, you know, the news today, seeing the Lakers, you know, or the, the news recently, the Lakers, yeah. you know, LeBron and AD, you know, kind of trying to build a super team out there in L.A. You know, usually it takes three or four stars. Um, so they, they thought they could do it with two and they did win it all in 2020 in the bubble. Um, so LeBron did get another ring, but, uh, after having a a rough 2021, uh, the 2022 Lakers have a whole different look and they get Russell Westbrook from the Washington (laughs) wizards, uh, only a year there after the Houston Rockets dumped him kind of became a malcontent there spends one year in Washington has another good stat year. Um, but they were, a a a early playoff exit. Um, so Westbrook goes to the Yankee or goes to the Lakers. Sorry. Might as uh, well have went to the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they also makes, uh, you get a veteran, you know, minimum one year deal signing, uh, and getting Carmelo Anthony. So, you know, not a stud anymore, but you look at the name recognition on this Laker team, LeBron, Carmelo, Russ, and AD. And, you know, I think it's just a rumor, Bronson, and I don't know how much there is to it, but I, I hear they're trying to lure D Wade out of retirement <laughs> to join the Lakers. Oh, hilarious. Uh, they did sign Dwight Howard. So that's another veteran name. Um, and they, they got Trevor Ariza, a guy that kind of follows LeBron around. I think he had some time in Cleveland with them. Uh, Trevor Ariza, who's been a Nick, who's been a, a rocket, um, who's been in the, uh, some playoff runs. I think he's been a son. Uh, he goes to the Lakers uh, as well. So they're trying to stack up. They are old. Uh, LeBron said today, uh, everybody's ripping on our age. We're going to show you something. Uh, so are the Lakers back? Uh, I'll just run run down some of the other trades and signings quick, Bronson. We won't spend too much oh, time fine. on the NBA. You take, but, uh, you're all good, brother. Um, the Knicks the, the Knicks are trying to make a splash. You know, another big market team that hasn't been good for a, you know about a decade now. <laughs> Um, finally last year got back into the playoffs and, and pushed the Hawks pretty deep in the first round. Um, a Hawks team that we saw go to the Eastern conference finals. Um, but, uh, then they go out and they get Kemba Walker from, uh, <laughs> well, that guy likes MSG, right? Right. They, somebody already showed the clip cardiac Kemba's back and Gary McGee was flopping around. But uh, so so yeah, Kemba Walker and they get Derrick Rose back, who's still hanging around, you know, kind of second wind in his career um, to go with Julius Randle and JT Barrett from Duke. And, um, you know, they got a squad going there. They got they picked up Evan Fournier, who's having a great Olympics for Team France. Um, So the Knicks are going to be a factor. Uh, The Bulls loaded up in this offseason, getting Lonzo Ball. Um, Say what you will about Lonzo, his time with the Lakers and the Pelicans. Um, Solid defensive player. Um, solid distributor of the basketball at the point. Um, the shooting needs some work. He obviously has an ugly shot, um, but he does everything else good. Um, they also got and get DeMar DeRozan, you know, former uh, former Raptor and Spur. Um, and they and they also pick up Alex Caruso from the Lakers, kind of one of those cap casualties with the Lakers signing and getting Westbrook. Um, Alex Caruso kind of, you know, the the guy that uh, the grinder the guy that got things done for the Lakers off the bench great bench guy can do it all um, can put up twenty points if you need it can d up um, 
he goes to the Bulls. So the Bulls are trying to you know change their look to go with Zach Levine there. Um, they've missed the playoffs the last couple of years, so it'll be exciting to see the Bulls get good again. Miami Heat reload. They re-sign uh, Jimmy Butler, and they get Kyle Lowry, a uh, big part of that 2019 Raptors team I mentioned, uh, point guard, stud, all-star point guard. He goes down and joins uh, Jimmy Butler, kind of create a mini super team down there uh, with the Heat. Um, the Suns did re-sign Chris Paul today. It'll be interesting to see what else they add to get Thanks. them over the hump. Um, so Paul gets four more years in, in Phoenix. He's kind of been the mercenary lately, the Darrell Revis, you know, the, the Randy Moss, like late in his career, just go to different teams and try to win a title. Um, but it sounds like he's going to stick in Phoenix. Um, the, 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 the Nets, everybody's super team darling with KD and Kyrie and Harden and Blake Griffin, they add Patty Mills. So another pretty good player at point guard. Um, he's he's playing in Austri- uh, in the Olympics with Australia, um, and they bring back Blake Griffin, as I mentioned, uh, on a one-year deal. Um, the Sixers go out and get Andre Drummond, the, the rebounding king of the NBA, so that gives them a big body in the middle to go with Joel Embiid. It'll be tough to get a rebound against the Sixers. Um, the Warriors, record deal, they they extend Steph Curry, $53 million a year. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so disgusting. Um, and I want to close with a great signing by the Pacers, and this has a local flair. TJ, oh, I know you're going with TJ McConnell gets a yes, four-year, four-year, thirty-six million dollar deal. I think um, somebody made the joke that he's going to have a bigger deal than Sidney Crosby. I was like, going to say I mean, that. I read that too. Yes, yeah, saw that post because the NBA's contracts, you know, the rosters are smaller, the contracts are bigger, whatever. But he's carved out a nice career, some time in Philly with the Sixers. Um, you know, where, where did he go? Arizona, then transferred back to Duquesne. Um, yeah. fin- solid finish to his career in college. Gets, makes the NBA. Great player. Great point guard that passes the ball, plays defense, can get you scoring. Um, he set an NBA record for steals and a half, I think, with like 10. I saw that. I did I, see that. I, I heard uh, them mention on, on the nightly sports call. So on K- on KDKA. Um, my favorite NBA player. He is my favorite NBA so, player. TJ I mean, got to root for the local guy. Shartier's value, you know, the McConnell family are legends here in Pittsburgh and good, good to see for him to make a name for himself. Uh, you mentioned Cam Johnson with the, with the Suns. I mean, we, we root for as many local guys as we can. We didn't see Justin Chimpenny get drafted from Pitt, but he did sign on with the Raptors. So I did see that. Hopefully he goes to the G League and gets some, you know, makes a name for himself and gets called up when there's an injury or two in, in Toronto. The Kyle Lowry, um, you know, moving on kind of opens up a spot there. So, um, but yeah, we 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 root for the local guys. But that's it, Bronson. I was, I mean, was going to say, Frank, uh, TJ McConnell was on Dan Patrick a while back. He was talking about growing up in Pittsburgh, and he was talking yes. about, I guess, he went to a Steeler camp one year, and I guess, or no, he was went somewhere. He was somewhere publicly where. He ran into Ben Roethlisberger, and he said Ben Ben was basically uh, big, was like not the, so nice to him. Yeah. So he had a lot of he had a lot of resentment towards Ben and the Steelers <laughs> for a little bit. For a little bit, he said, and because of Ben was was not so uh, kind. I to mean, him not everybody kid. can be Nick Eason and just sit down on the hillside and talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I, I love those pictures too. But no, he said he said that Ben was Ben. Yeah, Ben was not so nice to him, and he harbored a grudge and stuff. So I wonder now that Ben knows that you know the nine-year-old TJ McConnell. He was a <laughs> he was a dude, not as big you know guy in the NBA. I wonder if <laughs> that yeah. went back to Ben. 
<laughs> I mean, Ben would say a lot of stuff out of his past he would regret, and he he would treat fans better. And obviously, a lot of the trouble he got in is behind him, and he would probably admit that he was a jerk to some fans back in the day. But <laughs> but no, but this is funny because yeah, I was surprised that Dan Patrick had a guy like TJ McConnell on, which I'm happy for because I think TJ should have even more of a of a national exposure because uh, he's just he seems like he's just a good kid, and, yeah. and uh, like I said, we pull for him, and I'm glad he's on a team that I wouldn't. I'm glad he's on a team that I that I don't like. You know, he's not he's not on a you know, I'm glad I like the Pacers, so I, I'm cool with Yeah, and I'm hoping they they turn the corner and get, get go on a, a get in the playoffs and go on a run because uh yeah, they're a team that's that's not been good for a while and that's a state that loves their basketball. So yeah. I hope I hope the Pacers can can get good again. But but no Bronson that wraps up NBA talk and I'm gonna turn it back over to you. Bronson and I kinda like to alternate so we can give yeah. each other a breather. Um and I'll chime in as well because I love hockey, but uh I have the list in front of you, Bronson. There's probably oh more. man, you, you, there's probably you, you some I the omitted. Table for me. There's probably some I omitted, but again, um, this episode is kind of a lot of uh, what happened trade and free agent wise in all the major sports. And uh, hockey has reached their free agency period, and it was exciting as well, Bronson. I was glued to the NHL Network. I was watching some of TSN's coverage. Um, when 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 that uh, ticker went off and free agency began, the signings started rolling in, and boy, was it exciting! And as Penguin fans, we didn't get too much excitement. Um, not too, we'll mention a few of the signings that Penguins made, but some big splashes went down, Bronson. And if I forgot any in this list, please please talk about them. Um, I don't know if we can pull up a website so we don't forget any of them. But talk to me about yeah, some. You, co- you covered most of them here. Talk to me about some of the new faces and new places, and oh. some some of the impact moves that you think <laughs> might like what what moves might put some team over the hump and get them like maybe maybe somebody can take down the the mighty Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, well, 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 let's let's start with Tampa Bay, Frank. Uh, Tampa Bay, you know, I love Frank loves when uh, Frank loves to hate the Lightning. So I love to tee that up. He loves to he hates that they circumvented the cap. They were able to bring uh, Cooch on for the playoff run, and, and they did well, another move like that with Tyler Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> they did uh, the Blackhawks uh, magic. T- <laughs> Well, Tampa Bay, you know, Frank, you know, we obviously mentioned if you if you uh, go back and listen to the uh, Seattle Kraken expansion draft coverage, they did lose Yanni Gord to the, the Seattle Kraken through the expansion draft, uh, which is they had to kind of worry about the cap issues there, Frankie. But um, Corey Perry kind of pulled the mini Marion hosts. Uh, they lose to the they lose to the Lightning in the finals and he, he goes and signs with the Lightning. And so Corey Perry, now part of the Tampa Bay Lightning, he was a guy that I thought maybe. You know, with the right deal, could maybe come to Pittsburgh and add that that size and, and veteran presence. Uh, I don't necessarily think that was ever a serious interest, but it was something I thought you maybe wanted to kick the tires on. But no, Corey Perry goes to the back to back champs. Um, I don't have a lot of the, the, the numbers of the contracts in front of me right now, but I'm going to bring it up too. Um, I'm going to go on the TSN. TSN's always been, or actually, go to Cat Friendly. Cat Friendly's always been a. a, a um, a, a good uh, barometer for contracts, um, uh, but um, no. Tampa Bay brings in uh, Corey Perry. That's not the biggest one, but I thought you gave me a good um, leeway there with uh, how much you don't like Tampa Bay. Um, Corey's contract is uh, bringing it up right here uh, at two years, two million. Uh, two years, two million. Um, so no, not too bad for Tampa there, Frankie. But uh, um, 
but Tampa Bay loses Yanni Gord. Um, they really didn't bring anyone in. Frankie, she said they 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 have to worry about kind of keeping the guys uh, keeping the guys uh, they have intact here. So they got to try to you know keep the core of the of the of the, of the champs and uh, there. They did bring um, this wasn't a big signing, Frank, but I thought for goaltending depth they brought Brian Elliott in, formerly the Flyers. Maybe that's a guy that can give uh, uh, um, Vassy a little bit of a break. Uh, next year, so he's a guy they that can play a lot McElhaney, more. Did McElhaney retire, or they just let him walk? I mean, I think they just let him walk. He was pretty much older and not as good yeah. as Elliot anyway. So yeah, that's that was a good move. So you know, kind of recapping, we kind of have to go back to the Seattle Cracker Jeff for a lot of these things, Frankie. Um, Seattle did not take Carey Price, which I thought, you know, I get it. I still think there was some sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge agreement not to take him. Uh, even though there was quote unquote no backdoor deals announced, um, but um, uh, Carrie Price's wife actually reported the other day that she thought for sure they were going to Seattle, so um, that did not happen. So so Price will uh, he had surgery and they said now 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 magically he might be able to go when the season starts. Funny how that changed as soon as he wasn't taken by the Kraken. <laughs> um, but no, Frank, um, if you really want to say what team benefited right now, the offseason, uh, I would say the Chicago Blackhawks, absolutely. Although they, um, you know, we thought maybe they were looking to rebuild Frank, but I think they're kind of on the Pittsburgh Penguins level of maybe this window isn't as close as we thought it was. And maybe we can maybe try to squeeze a playoff appearance and maybe a cup run here, Frank. Um, uh, they grabbed Seth Jones from uh, the, from the Columbus Blue Jackets, Frank, and uh and uh, if you know your hockey, Seth Jones actually used to wear a Blackhawks like jersey when he played for the Portland Winterhawks of the, of the oh. WHL. So this isn't the first time he has the the Indian head on his on his chest there. Uh, so he goes to Chicago and he locks up with an eight year deal with Chicago. So he's going to be there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've invested heavily in Seth Jones. He will be the 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 core the cornerstone defenseman there, Frank. And uh, obviously Duncan Keith moved on to the Edmonton Oilers, so. They let that contract go. And they bring in a younger um, guy in his prime, like Seth Jones. And then Frank, I mean, really can't go any any further in the offseason by saying that the uh, there was a massive explosion uh, on on the the hot spot there uh, when I uh, took a break from work one day to find out that Mark Andre Fleury was traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. Right. Um, there was rumor that maybe one one or two of the goalies would go. Mark Andre Fleury trades to Chicago. They get a, a prospect back, but I think the big return for Vegas is Chicago takes every cent of Fleury's last uh, that seven point what was it seven point seven something million dollar uh, last year of his contract. Frank, right? <laughs> Excuse me. So the big rumor was Alan Walsh, Fleury's agent, uh, said that Fleury was even considering retiring. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins faithful maybe hoping that. He would refuse the report, so maybe Chicago would be forced to have to trade him to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He'd be taking on some of that cap hit, but um, you know, Mark Madden reported it, and, and I knew all along, Frank. I just doesn't see Mark Andre Fleury. He's a nice guy. He's not a guy that's going to do something yep. like that. He's a guy who who uh, he's a really likable guy. I knew that a sit out like that would probably take a little hit to his uh, his credibility. So yeah, and maybe he sees it, the potential. Maybe if you know if, if, if Taves comes back and Kane hits that level again, they could maybe make a run. But Mark Andre Fleury said no. He'll play his last year of his deal with Chicago. He'll play his last year, you know, as, as hard as he can play it. The, the defending Vezina Trophy winning goalie, and then who knows what will happen in free agency from there. Frank um, Rob Rossi of the Athletic did report that uh, 
um, a few things. Uh, Bill Foley, I guess, was not uh, the reason why that deal with Pittsburgh the year before got nixed is because Bill Foley did not want him to go back to the Penguins. I, I don't know what his deal was with Pittsburgh or I don't know what that was, but he doesn't. He did not want Flurry back with the Penguins. Apparently, um, uh, the only person in the Flurry camp that wanted to go back to Pittsburgh was actually Flurry himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can kind of see that he probably, you know, he was really close to the core three. Latang Malkin and Crosby. He probably misses his buds and maybe a chance to go back there. But the fact that Rossi said that only he was one of the, the members of the camp that wanted to go, that doesn't shock me. I'm sure Alan Walsh knows if he goes to Pittsburgh, he's not going to get the money that he wants to get his client first off. Secondly, not to, you know, I don't know Marc-Andre Fleury personally, but his wife, Ronnie, and, and their two daughters, I'm sure they're not hating life in Vegas. <laughs> they're not hating the fact that, that, that swimming pools and, and, and water parks are open pretty much 365 days of the year out there. So they can just go and enjoy the, the, the nice sunny weather every day there. So, um, but no, uh, um, and uh, what was the other one too? The Chicago got Flurry to play in Frank. They were not, get, they weren't getting him to move him anywhere else. So uh, Mark Andre Flurry is going to be a Chicago Blackhawk. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, the the Penguins Blackhawks tickets here at PPG Paints Arena will go up. <laughs> the demand for that will go up, obviously. So, um, obviously, Frank, you know we we've always been big fans of the Flower, and we wish him the best there. Except, of course, when they play Pittsburgh. But, uh, but you know, we love we love the Flower, and we hope he has a tremendous year in Chicago. Um, but moving on, us uh, keeping the 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 home the home slicing the hometown. Uh, uh, thing going here. Brandon Sod signed a, a pretty decent deal for the St. Louis Blues. Um, he stays in the Midwest there. You know, went from Chicago to Colorado. Now he'll still stay there, and he'll stay there in the Midwest and and deal with the with, with the Blues there. Um, obviously, they're losing Tarasenko. Possibly, they're going to lose Tarasenko. So there's a lot of room for for playing time and growth as as a player for Brandon Sod. He's going to be one of the big guns they're going to lean on to to score goals, Frank. Uh, with with Tarasenko gone, they really don't have anyone really to. They really don't have that 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 star power per se, uh, outside of like Tory Krug on the back end there. They have Pareko. They, I mean, they have some guys there, you know, but you know nothing nothing along the lines of a of a, of a game breaking all star player. And uh, Brandon Saad maybe looking to maybe, you know, step his game up and 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 like maybe like St. Louis is a city there. <laughs> now we're getting into the goalies, Frankie. Braden Holpe, who I thought was going to be a Kraken. Um, mm-hmm. Vancouver buys out his last year, the deal. And he goes to Dallas on like, on like a, what, a one-year, $1 million deal or $2 million. Something yeah. very cheap. Uh, maybe a guy that, um, you know, if you think the Penguins needed a goaltender upgrade, that could have been a guy you could have got, Frank. You could have got him Honestly, maybe He stole the words from my mouth. I mean, cheap and Dallas <laughs> Dallas doesn't seem to need a goalie. I don't under maybe there's somebody, maybe Ben Bishop's gonna get moved or Hugh Dobin's gonna yeah, get moved. Yeah, he's yeah, Ben Bishop is pretty much I think gonna get moved. Yeah. There's a lot of question marks of Ben Bishop pretty much missing the entire year last year. Yeah. Uh so you know, I definitely wouldn't put all my chips to the table on the Ben Bishop thing. But now there's rumors out hope he would they possibly entertain the thought of moving Kadobin. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. Um, Ottinger, Ottinger's there as well. Yeah, yes, Ott, yeah, Jake Ottinger is also there as well, uh, and through the system. But uh, it's hard to really imagine, Frank, that anybody wanted free agent more than Ryan Suter because he was paid a lot of buku money to skip town in Minnesota, and then and then Dallas locked him up to a big deal. So 
uh, dude got paid. <laughs> Ryan Suter <laughs> definitely got paid on two ends. Yeah. So I, 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 you know, if you want to talk about money wise, who, who, who got, who won? Ryan Suter won. He got paid <laughs> to leave and he got paid to sign. So, um, you know, he'll, he'll obviously join that, uh, you know, John Klingenberg, um, the kid, the, the defense, is it, um, he's the kid there and high skinning. High skinning, yes. <clears throat> I knew it's a Finland. I knew it was a Finland guy. <laughs> Who himself just uh, inked a, a huge extension for like eight million a year. Yeah. <laughs> for, for for nine years. Yeah. I knew this I knew it's a, a Finnish defense in there. Mm-hmm. And uh I can you said, and then obviously he'll join the young core. Uh they're, they're trying to go young there, Frank. Um Jason Robertson, a, a big a big production yeah. guy that, with the with the stars, and hopefully Seggy can can keep his his uh his production up there as well. Um <clears throat> Oliver Ekman Larson from Vancouver from from Arizona was a big deal Frankie um I kind of want to just kind of focus on the goaltending carousel because you know I love the yeah. goaltending position, so so obviously um Holby went to the Dallas Stars uh Linus Olmark went from Buffalo to Boston and uh, so they're probably gonna roll with Linus Olmark and Frank's boy uh Darth Vader like no they traded that. him can you believe it they, I thought- I, I missed out on this. Yeah, Boston, I thought they really had – I thought it was going to be Darth Valadar and uh, Jeremy Swayman for years to come as a tandem there, but they traded Vlader to the uh, Flames. I, so that completely went over my radar. They're, I can't they're rolling with Olmark and Swayman. Okay. Yeah. I totally missed that. Olmark's underrated. I think he's going to win that job there, and I think he's going to be oh, do well. Oh, wow. Calgary, I think Calgary got. They, they only gave a third rounder for Vladar. Oh man, I like that for Calgary. And then they're gonna probably have him with with uh, with Markstrom. Oh my lord, what a goaltending yeah, so. for Calgary. <clears throat> but I, I, yeah, there you go, folks. Even Bronson misses a couple of these. I, I totally missed the Vladar trade. So Frank, right on that. Um, but anywho, how about Carolina, Frank? They get Frederick and a guy that Pittsburgh was rumored to be in on. Frederick Anderson with his ties to Brian Burke. Uh, but uh, Anderson and Auntie Ronta both go to Carolina. So it looks like they're going to go with the goaltending tandem there. But, you know, I'm sure you're asking yourself if you are an avid listener of the Next Level Nerd Sportscast. Well, if they have two goaltenders in Carolina, what happens to Morassic? Well, uh, and what happens to Bronson's favorite goaltender, Alex Nedeljkovic? Uh-huh. He goes, to, he gets traded to Detroit. So Detroit ends up getting Nedeljkovic. I keep saying itch or ick, but Alex Nedeljkovic goes to Detroit, Frank. Remember, I texted you that. That was a huge deal. And then uh, Peter Mrazek went to Toronto. And so that laid, that laid the claim for Ronta and Anderson to kind of uh, a back uh, finish in Swedish back and forth there, Frank. A 1A, you know, kind of a tandem thing going on in Carolina. Um, Jaroslav Halak went to Vancouver. He kind of fills the void for for uh, for Holby there uh, behind Thatcher Demko. Uh, but back to Boston, Frank, they get Landis Olmark. So like you said, they're going to run with Swayman and Olmark. Tuka Rask is probably more and more likely looking like he's either going to maybe find a one-year deal with Boston, unlikely at this point, or probably just uh, head off into the sunset because he already said he's probably not going to another team. So it's either Boston or Bust for for uh, um, for Tuka Rask. Yeah. <clears throat> But I and Frank, I know you, you. I know you're looking at the the list and thinking I'm skipping over a name, but I'm not. I'm saving that for the end. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, Carolina has their goaltending tandem. Looks like Toronto Moraz is going to be there with Jack Campbell, a way to push him. Um, and 
it seems frank that a lot of these teams now are, just, are going with the tandems. You know, maybe yeah. you have one guy, but now you're rolling with a tandem. Um, but the goaltending carousel I'm going to leave to the end here, Frank, is we came out of the expansion draft, and uh, the Kraken did make some moves after the expansion draft. They they traded Pitlick. Um, they traded a couple other low low level guys. McDermott, um, your guy McDermott went. Yeah. Yeah, and they traded Vitek Vanacek back to Washington, which I didn't think was allowed. Well, I was going to say, so so Frank and I, you know, they come away, they have the kid from Ottawa, I still forget his name, the goaltender there. Decord. Decord, yeah. They had the kid Decord from Ottawa, then they had Vanacek, and then they had, you know, then they had Chris Drieger. So you're looking at, you know, uh, free agent frenzy, you know, day one, we're looking, Frank, and I I had the day off work, so I'm watching. And all of a sudden, Elliot Friedman and, and, and Kevin Weeks, of all people, broke this. He said, do not sleep on Grubauer to Seattle. I'm like, wow, that, no. Yeah. But Weeks, he must have knew something that we didn't know because as soon as that happened, Friedman breaks in. Grubauer locks up the deal with Seattle. So all of a sudden, that throws everything in a loop because I think I think everyone thought Grubauer back to Colorado was pretty much a done deal. Yeah. And all of a sudden, last second, the Kraken come in. They take Philip Grubauer, the former capital backup, former you know, Vezina candidate with Colorado, Frank. And then he locks up this big-time deal with Seattle, which uh, the NHL did not approve at first, but then they moved a quarter of a million uh, to another uh, part of the contract. So uh, that's pending approval, and it's likely to be approved. So um, when all else is done, Grubauer is going to be a Seattle Kraken. But that threw everything into the loop, Frank, uh, Grubauer going to the Kraken. No one saw that coming. And so now, you know, we look at that expansion draft, and it's like, this is a team that's going to, you know, now with Grubauer in the fold, now you look like, okay, they're going to they're gonna be a big, strong team in the back end. They're going to play physical, and they're going to have great goaltending, Frank, and they're just going to they're, they're just gonna try to play it, probably a defensive style and then hope that, you know, guys like, you know, Jordan Everly gets them a goal and, and you know, get the, the key goals. And they really didn't sign anyone too much after that. A couple, a couple, uh, you know, decent signings, but, but yeah, now Grubauer to Seattle, Frank changes the the whole complexion of the West in terms of goaltending. Then that leaves Colorado hanging; they don't know what to do. They go and get Darcy Kemper from Phoenix. Or, we'll say Phoenix, but oh, yeah. Arizona. A guy I wanted the Penguins to to, to yeah. kick the tires on. So, yeah. the, so they take they get Kemper. So all of a sudden, like everything kind of rotates there because of a Philip Grubauer, Frank, and and. Uh, it was just crazy. That was the one I was like, wow. I could not believe that, that Seattle was. And then, then it came up that they were talking to Grubauer for a while. So maybe that's why they didn't. That's why Francis didn't take price. Maybe he knew yeah. he had Grubauer all along. And, and maybe he liked that option better than Carey Price in that contract. What does it make you think about Drager then? Like, I feel, Dreger, I thought, yeah, I, they, thought Dre, I thought Drager was like the big signing the, to be the franchise goalie. And now he's the backup. It's kind of stupid. Yeah, yeah. Unless they see the trigger Grubauer, which I don't think you're doing that, Frank. If you're paying Grubauer the kind of money you're paying him, that's that's the number one head honcho. He's gonna get sixty games, and Drieger's only gonna get twenty-two. You'd think something like that. So as Frank mentioned, they had Vanacek. They took him in the draft. They flip him actually back to to to, um, Washington for a second rounder. So they get a second rounder basically for 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 a guy they were never going to take in the first place, Vanacek. So so he was he was a kraken for a week, Frank. But Vanacek goes back to the team that that didn't protect him. That was the Capitals. So 
that's going to be locked up. That's going to be Vanacek and Samsonov again for another year there. But, but yeah, I mean, like you said, they really seem to kind of puff their chest to the fact that Drieger was going to be like the, you know, like the face of the franchise. And now you get Grubauer and all of a sudden, you know, you know, I guess, you know, card subject to change, you know, you would say there, but, but no, Frank, um, enough of me, you know, kissing up to the goalies here, but, um, and we're going to go, we're going to cover the Penguins in a second here. So stay with us on that, but, Taylor Hall re reops with Boston. Frank, they lock him to the long-term, long-term deal. Ekman, Ekman Larson goes to Vancouver and covered that. Zach Hyman to Edmonton. Too much for too long, Frank, but we know that's what we have to do on the first day of free agency to get your guy. Um, Savard. You know, Savard goes to Montreal. That was kind of what, you know, that was you know, that was the guy they, they tried to get, you know, so he goes from Tampa to Montreal. So, was, you know, do you, do you kind of do a, a, a trade, you know, that, that way as well? Alex Edler went to the Kings. Um, so, you know, they're, they're still in kind of rebuild mode, but, they, you know, they, they're trying to add at least a few pieces of the puzzle. Um, but, uh, no, Frank, after that happened, you know, well, before that happened, we had the NHL, the NHL entry draft, which was held, of course, due to COVID, um, you know, at the NHL Network studio. Gary Bettman hosted that. Um, kind of, this kind of brings me to, um, kind of brings me Frank to ESPN's presentation. Um, a little lackluster for me. Frank. Oh, I, I didn't like it, Bronson. It was all studio. Yeah. Like it's cause of COVID. I, 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 I miss the old team, draft. I, yeah. I think I think we're missing the arena setting and and like the yeah. TSN. I I like the, the the arena setting and the TSN type coverage. Well, like this even goes back to the Kraken expansion draft. It's like that was such a a, a train wreck because of yeah the way they had it. Weeks, I know. Yeah, you know weeks, but you know, but you know, um, Chris Fowler. They're trying to yeah, you know, ESPN is trying to show us the, their their series about this hockey coverage. Yeah. Chris Fowler had no idea who the hell any of the players were. Some <laughs> of the guys were mispronouncing names. Yeah. Um, and then I'll mention the fact, Frank, that everyone knew the picks before we went on the air. Luckily, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that was my big thing, and I yeah, warned I, you about, yeah. Yeah, if it wasn't for you texting me, I, I would have fell victim to it, too. So, yeah. you know, that episode, should you go back and listen to it, I did. I There were genuine reactions for me because I didn't look at anything other than the, the tan of the Pittsburgh thing. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I'm just... I'm not liking what I see from ESPN right now, Frank. Maybe I give um, them a little more time. Emily Kaplan's going to be a big factor for ESPN, Frank. She's on Around the Horn a lot if you watch that show. And she's an NHL writer, and she's awesome. I I didn't – now, I have to apologize if this is one who she was talking about. But she won the show on Around the Horn today. I'm going to go back and play it. She was talking about mental illness in NHL, so I'm wondering if she mentioned John Z at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back and watch that. She may not have, but when I heard her mention mental illness in the NHL, thought maybe she mentioned John Z skate across America. So I'm gonna have to go back and maybe watch that replay and see. But the fact that she was even talking about hockey in general is a big plus for ESPN, um, especially on a show like Around the Horn. But but before we get into the draft, Frank, I just had to go on my soapbox about ESPN there, about there. And trust me, on my rant at the end here, I'm going to go more into ESPN too. So, <laughs> um, But Frank, no, the, the theme of the draft was the Michigan University dominance. Uh, uh, Beneers, as you predicted so eloquently on the Seattle Kraken draft show, uh, <laughs> went to the Kraken, number two overall. I had to give you your dap. You did say that they were going to get Beneers. Yep. Um, Owen Power was drafted number one overall by the Buffalo Sabres. 
the debate is still Frank whether Power will uh, sign with Buffalo this year or go play at Michigan another year. Um, if it was Bronson as Power's agent, I would say go back to Ann Arbor, kid. You don't need to be part of that train wreck in Buffalo. They're still sorting out the Jack Eichel situation. Um, you know, who knows what's going to go on there. Uh, but then you're talking about um, other guys, too, that uh, or that were drafted. They're going to be playing in, in uh, Ann Arbor, too. And Frank, Luke Hughes is going to be joining his brother Jack in New Jersey. Yes. So and Jack Hughes' reaction to him drafting <laughs> Even though he was like a twerking, he was tweaking like a like a meth head or something. I'd like funny. to see all three get together, man. Vancouver and New Jersey should hook up on a on a on a blockbuster and get the, to bring Quinn in. Yeah, yeah, to make the, all the brothers. And they say Luke Luke is the potential to be the best of the three. They they have said that. So but then again, they said that for Jared Stahl. And we saw that turn up, but I hope <laughs> I hope Luke Hughes as 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 a better career than Jared Stahl. So, um, but no, uh, and Jack I'm sure is excited. You know, probably not this year, Frank. Luke's going to go to Michigan, but probably maybe the year after down the line that they will they will come together. But but no, Frank. Um, another men- pick I wanted to mention as well, as I cover the any the uh, the NHL draft here, I wanted to mention. Um, uh, I wanted to mention the goaltendings. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I love to give them some love. They're, they're kind of like the running back now, where it's like you're afraid to take one in the first round now. Right. And uh, and so anytime one does go in the first round, I try to try to give them the love. And there was, I believe, there was two that went this year in the first round, Frank. And that would be, um, I was like, I mean, Minnesota took the uh, Billy Garen in Minnesota took. Um, they took Jesper Wallstedt from uh, from Sweden. That was a big pick there that I was a fan of. And then the Red Wings took Sebastian Costa uh, from Edmonton in the WHL. So I was a, a, a fan of that. And uh, the Arizona Coyotes, Frank, was they forfeited a pick because of some violation of the combine. I still didn't know what it was yeah. for. They but were mentioning weird. it on the draft. I, I, yeah, I don't know what they did at the combine with some type of interview or yeah. uh, ta- tampering That's what it was. or something. It was a, a tainted interview or something like that. So yeah, probably tampering. So for the t- so you look at this, Frank. For the top five picks were Michigan, you know, it's yeah. Owen Power, it's Maddie Berniers, you know, and it's the only guy out of the, the lineup is Mason McTavish because Luke Hughes and Kent Johnson are both playing in Michigan in the fall too. So Crazy. it's like they better they better bring home a natty, <laughs> as John Butchacross would call it. <laughs> they better. Um <laughs> Cole Sillinger, Frank, um, Mike Sillinger's kid. Uh, plays for the, drafted by Columbus, and that's where Mike Sillinger made his bones in the NHL, playing for the Blue Jackets. So his son's going to be there. Uh, I mentioned Kosa, I mentioned Wallstat, and another guy I wanted to mention too, Frank. And um, I'd be remiss if I oh, and I, I have to mention too, um, the Montreal Canadiens drafted Logan Mayu. That was a big controversy. Despite being um, asking not to be drafted because he had some off the ice issues. Yeah. Yeah. Not to get into too detail. He was, uh, he was intimate with someone from Sweden and he unknowingly, uh, took some media, uh, of, of the situation. And in Sweden, that's a big no, no, uh, more than it is in the United States. Un- unknowingly being photographed is a bigger, uh, punishment in Sweden than it is here in yeah. America. And so um, Logan Mayu did. He asked teams not to draft him, but 
Mark Bergevin and the Montreal Canadiens take him with the 31st overall pick. Um, Frank, there is a lot of backlash. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, came out against it. A lot of sponsorship now. Montreal, Frank, now not knowing whether they're going to they're going to continue their agreement with them. I mean, uh, as bad as it is, aren't you? Like we talked about Kyle Larson, like aren't you for second chances? I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, I do. I mean, here's the deal. Maybe I'm such going, a young kid. Maybe I'm going heel here on this, but it's like this guy's not going to play for Montreal in the fall. Yeah. Like no his life away. doesn't change really too much if he doesn't, if he's not drafted. You know what I mean? He's going to play wherever he's going to play in the fall. And just like Mark Bergevin said, another team was going to take him. It wasn't like the kid was going to go undrafted. I'm not excusing what he did. That is, it's beyond stupid. It's beyond disrespectful. Mm-hmm. It's ignorant. It's pigheaded ish. Yep. It's a low level of scum. I'm sorry, it is. Yeah. But. You know, Montreal wants to be part of his redeeming story. And, and you know, when you make a pick like that, Frankie you have to take what comes with it. And so they have to be prepared to handle that. Um, but I do want to I do want to focus on something more positive. And I, and, and I hope Logan maybe learns from his bullheaded, stupid mistake and, and it has a chance, you know. And more importantly, Frank, more than all of that, I have to say this. I know you agree with me. I hope the victim of all this gets the justice that they deserve, you know, mm-hmm. the good justice, you know. I hope that they, you know, you, you think about the victim of, of, of that going going on there. So I do have to sit up forefront and most, you know, that's the person, you know, that, that, that suffers through the whole thing. And to, to, to this recording, my youth still has not apologized to the victim. And that's this guy. That's probably something I would, I would make have happen before yeah. I, I ever even made him associated with, with, with the Montreal Canadians, but moving on, Frank, um, I wanted to move to the fifth round of the draft, and I don't know if you know where I'm going to go with this, but um, a local Pittsburgh area guy from Pine Township, a left winger from the Sarnia Sting. Um, um, he was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm trying to get the overall pick here. Ty Voigt, the 153rd overall pick. Uh, he's from Pine Township, and uh, obviously in Pittsburgh area. Mm-hmm. Plays for the Sarnia Sting in the OHL. Was drafted by the Maple Leafs, so another Pittsburgh pipeline guy in the you know, with the chance to make the show, Frank. So, congratulations yeah. to Ty Voigt. He went through the Penguins Elite System, so this is one of the first guys to go through the Pens Elite System, not the not the Aviators or the um, the the now defunct um, Hornets, mm-hmm. uh, where Johnsy went through. So, this is one of the first guys to come through the Pens Elite System. So. Um, mm-hmm. You know, best wishes through Ty Voigt through his whole NHL career, and hopefully, uh, we'll get to see him either against the Penguins or maybe one day traded to the Penguins. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Frank, that's kind of where we're at right now in terms of the NHL offseason. Um, I did want to uh, uh close this uh by saying, um, the, the Jack Eichel thing is going to be a thing to watch. Um, they're yeah. trying to trade him. Uh, Kevin Adams, the former player, uh, NHL player, now GM of the, of the Sabres, basically saying, We're only trading him on our terms, we're not. We're not trading him in his terms, and, and they have to get that figured out. I, I assume Eichel's going to end up somewhere, probably with the Rangers. That makes the most sense at this point, you know, on the bright lights of Broadway. And then um, – And they have the assets to go back. Yeah. Um, not to get too much into Penguins this episode, Frank. I think we'll, we'll probably address that more down the line. I'm, I'm, you know, we're kind of – we got to keep our, our window mm-hmm. here. But, um, you know, the Penguins obviously critiqued as they didn't get any goaltending help. They yeah. had a couple low-key signings, guys – yeah, a couple guys they probably hope to fill the Tanov role, losing him to the Kraken. We're going to get more into that in the next show, Frank. 
um, to kind of move on here. But I do want to wrap it up by saying, yes, they didn't get a goal. They didn't get a goal tonight, which a lot of people hoped or maybe they still can do that if that's what you want. But they did make a very key hiring right as before we hit record, Frank. We got something right as we hit record. Um, uh, Mike Buckley will not be back as the goaltending coach of the Penguins, something that I was uh, you know, maddened myself. Uh, my friend, Don, everyone, basically a Penguins fan, did not want him back as the goaltending coach. He won't be back as the goaltending coach. And Frank, they hired former Pittsburgh Penguin goaltender during the uh, the X Generation era, uh, <laughs> right. Andy, Andy Kyoto, the Kyoto Dragon Chickadoo. He's on. He was their goaltending development coach the last couple of years, Frank, helping those young prospects come along. And now he's hired by Ron Hextall to be the goaltending coach for the Penguins. So big congratulations to Andy Kyoto. Obviously, you and I being a fans during the X generation and uh, seeing that kid, you know, work his, you know, his tail off to to goaltend that that team of lackluster talent, pretty much minus Mario and like Ryan Malone and Rick Jackman. But um. Happy, you know, you know, I've met Andy Kidd a couple times at, at certain camps. He's been nothing but a really nice dude and and a guy that uh, that certainly has deserved his success and w- whatever he's had it. So uh, he, we here at the NLN Sportscast uh, wish Andy congratulations and hopefully he can get this goaltending duo turned around here and uh, he's got to get to work right now. But uh, just a little blast in the past, Frank, and now he's part of the, the coaching staff. Yeah, great hockey, Simon Bronson and um... – Good to hear. The, I think the Penguins needed to do something goaltending-wise. Um, Mike Buckley, I guess, wasn't getting it. He had to be the scapegoat. The, the Penguins goaltending didn't get it done in the in the playoffs. We'll see if this... Same mistakes, new, too. That's a big thing. Yeah, too. maybe this is, brings a new philosophy. We'll see. I did want to see the Penguins do something to address it. Maybe there's still something to happen via trade. Um, maybe we see something as late as the deadline. Um you know, you still have till then to make changes to your roster and Burke and Hextall. We'll be trying to move around money and 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 figure this out. But um, I I wouldn't be opposed to a, a guy like Ben Bishop if if the number is right and he's proven to be healthy. Um, you, you move to Smith out and you bring in a Bishop and see if he can challenge Jari and take it over. Um, somebody out there like that. You know, there, there might be a trade to, to be had, or you just try to say Jari's going to, he's young and he's going to learn from it and get better. Um, but with this window of the big three, like, you know, you said Crosby, Latang, Malkin, you got to just give them some support and net to, to, to go for another cup or two. And we'll see. You can't really wait for Jari to figure it out. Um, but I don't know. It's still, still a few months to go and it's still a, a trade deadline. But, uh, Loved hearing you talk about all the moves. It was so exciting to see them all come through. Um, just, just to see the new faces and new places, see what number they're going to wear. Uh, can't can't wait to, to see the, the season get underway. And there's probably still some moves to come. But, uh, no, exciting. The, yeah, the draft, too. I mean, everything that's going on. And even when hockey's done, you know, it keeps us interested. So, uh, you know, Gary Bettman would love to hear that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, check it out. Keep keep watching. Um let us let us know what signings you think uh, you think are, are still going to happen. I, Bronson mentioned we got McGinn and Danton Heinen um, and Michael Shapu. Not not big names. A couple three guys that'll kind of replace Tanev and and uh, I like we, Brock we, McGinn's game. I, yeah, I, I did like McGinn's game. a younger, cheaper kind of player that Tanev kind of is. Yeah. So less injury prone, kills penalties. I like the McGinn move. Penguins really up so against like an Irish it. name, something Brian Burke likes. He likes his <laughs> Irish kids. Penguins are up against the cap. Um, Malkin's going to miss the first month or two, so they'll have that long-term IR money that we love to 
you know, the, the lightning love to, to, to keep. So possibly the Penguins can sign somebody. Then when Malkin's ready to return, you know, work out a trade to get some of that money back. We'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, hockey is, uh, is still keeping us interested, uh, what Seattle's been doing and all, all the moves in the off season. So yeah, that was a fun segment, Bronson. Uh, we're going to get to our final topic of the night here, and then we'll have some final thoughts. Um, and Bronson's been chopping a debate to, to, to get at this one. Um, NFL free agency uh, and, and training camps opening up ar- across the country, Bronson. And, uh, you know, it seems like just yesterday I was telling somebody, didn't didn't Tampa Bay and Kansas City just play the Super Bowl? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's such a short offseason. And, you know, you had the NFL draft. And the NFL truly is a, a sport that never sleeps. There's really not a dead period. Um and in the preseason games, I mean, as we record tonight on April on August fourth, um, we will be having the Hall of Fame game and the preseason kicking off tomorrow, August fifth. By the time you that's crazy. By the time we get this posted and you're listening, uh, the Steelers and Cowboys will have wrapped up. But uh, the Steelers and Cowboys will play and open up the 2021 NFL campaign uh, in uh, in Canton, Ohio, at the Hall of Fame game. Five Pittsburgh Steelers are getting enshrined in the Hall of Fame this year, as the 2020 and 2021 classes will be uh, held because of COVID. They couldn't have it last year. But Troy Polamalu, Bill Cower, Donnie Shell, Bill Nunn, and Alan Fanica, congratulations, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steeler Damn. bias. The Steeler bias doesn't come out this year as they allow five in. We'll see if Heinz Ward eventually can make it, but uh, he might be the guy that kind of gets screwed. Uh, I think he goes in eventually. He, he has to he wait. He's a media darling. He'll get it eventually. Yeah, he'll get in eventually. But the the Steeler, they might take a break on Steelers for a while. As they're yeah, not... he might be waiting a while, but I think he gets in. But Bronson, I mean, a, a fun off season so far. Um, I don't have a lot of show notes in front of me. You said you could kind of wing it, but uh, <laughs> I've yeah, been watching so, the NFL Network's coverage yeah, of the training camps. <laughs> so, um, what what's been happening? Uh, I know you're probably out of breath because you took most of hockey. Oh, I'm, I'm good, tra- brother. Trying, I'm trying to run. stall for you a little bit here, but um, no, you're good. Uh, but yeah, what what's been going on NFL off season wise? Who has there been any big trades? What have been the big signings? Uh, um, Who's the favorites to knock off KC in Tampa if it's going to happen? Any controversy? What's been going on? Oh, Lord. Well, let's start inward. Let's start with your, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they Right now, they're working with TJ Watt to kind of get, get an extension working on. So we'll see where that goes. Um, he hasn't been practicing. They're claiming there's a minor injury. But I wonder if it's basically f- for the terms of negotiation as well. But, uh, Frank, the Steelers did sign former Charger linebacker Melvin Ingram. Uh, to a, a pretty friendly contract, and now with Watt not practicing, he can fill right in there. He can play both sides of the, both ends of the linebacker, uh, linebacker outside linebacker positions. On an emergency, he could go inside, uh, but I think it's a good signing, Frank, for depth. I don't think they see him being the starter. I think they're going to give Highsmith the chance to be the starter there. But it's good to have the depth. Um, I'm sure Ingram will find his way in in the lineup. You know, just knowing the luck of the Steelers and the injury. He'll find his way in there. Um, all I've been hearing is um, on the offensive side of the ball, Najee Harris, your boy. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he's been all so that. All more. Yeah, he's he's uh, all that and more for the the Steelers at running back. Now the question is going to come back where that depth's coming from. Is Benny Snell to the challenge? Um, the, you know, to kind of be the, 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 the supplement back there too. Um, every training camp wouldn't be complete without a Ben Roethlisberger in shape, out of shape story. 
best <laughs> shape of his life. Not from the pictures I've seen. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it Ryan Burr, the former uh, Root Sports guy? He interviewed this high school coach, and he said that Ben was on a better diet regimen than Tom Brady or something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anywho, yeah, anyway, the the shape of Ben and the the durability of Ben is going to be the biggest question mark. I'm in love the- with the shape of Ben. I push it. There you go. You <laughs> <laughs> dead Sheeran. So, Frank and I showing our Ed Sheeran. I apologize, folks. I won't sing again. I will not sing again. (laughs) (laughs) No, to do it more. Uh, But um, no. But so that's kind of where you're at there. The wide receivers, Frank, are going to be a subject to uh, also controversy because I don't know if you know this. If you watched any football last year, but they dropped quite a bit of quite a bit of of passes last year. All of them, all around, but mostly Dante Johnson, Juju here and there. Juju's going to come back, Frank. How much of the field will he see? He's looking to kind of have a better year than last year, so maybe he can can cash out this next upcoming free agency period. You're going to have Chase Claypool. How is he going to bounce back from a good rookie year? Freemuth, the guy from Penn State, the tight end, Frank, he's apparently been impressing people too. So uh, will the number one job be his to have, or he's going to be battling Eric Ebron? Um, the offensive line, obviously the biggest question mark. Um, uh, the center green, him and Cam Hayward got into a little bit of a little little Donnie Brook the other day. So um, green definitely shown he's not going to be pushed around, especially by a guy like Cam Hayward. So maybe that's a good little plus there. Um, again, we mentioned a lot, oh, a couple shows ago, Frank, um, me and you and Shafe and Stroh, we love going to the Lestrobe every year. Uh, but the last couple of years they've been having it at Heinz Field. I know due to COVID things, uh, a lot of people think that this is going to be the start, Frank, of training camp, just being at Heinz Field. It's easier. Uh, they don't have to go out there, but I, I do miss the, I do miss the environment of, 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 of Latrobe and, and St. Vincent's, uh, St. Vincent College. Um, so I hope eventually they find a way to get back there, but I understand the situation with, with, uh, how everything's going in the, in the, um, the world we're living in with the pandemic and, and the the rumors, a lot of the players didn't want to go in their little dorm style things. So we'll see, but I mean, yeah, Frank, I mean, it's training camp. We haven't really, and the, the pads are popping here and there, but we'll find out for sure. And like you said, Frank, tomorrow night, the hall of fame game. We'll be in uh, Canton, Ohio, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't believe either Roethlisberger or Dak Prescott will be playing. I heard Prescott's not even making the trip to Canton. So um, we'll probably be seeing a lot of our boy, former pit boy, Ben DiNucci. Uh, We'll be seeing a lot of him probably uh, tomorrow night. But uh, Frank, the battle for the second job is up for grabs in Pittsburgh, it looks like. A lot of good things being said about Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Rudolph not lo- allegedly not looking good in camp. So does that mean Haskins is going to have the stranglehold of the number two spot? Where does Josh Dobbs fit in all this? It looks like Rudolph's going to probably start the game with Haskins getting some second quarter duty and maybe um, uh, Josh Dobbs in to kind of mop up at the second half. Um, but it'll be curious to see what happens. And uh, Obviously, it's going to be probably the most watched thing tomorrow. People licking their chops for some football action. Um, so uh, it's weird that it's on Thursday. I always thought the game was on Saturday during like the, the, um, the, the, um, the, you know, the pomp and circumstance of the speeches. But, but it's, hey, I, I'm not going to complain. I, it's always Sunday night. That's always, it's always that Sunday night after the speeches and stuff. But, um, 
I don't mind it's on Thursday. It'll get a, it'll turn a big number tomorrow because people are going to be clamoring for some football. It doesn't matter what it's going to be. So um, kind of looking outside the Steelers umbrella, Frank. Um, Carson Wentz foot injury in Indianapolis. They thought maybe they were going to rehab it, you know, maybe see what happens there. But the Colts said, you know what, just have the surgery because there's no guarantee that waiting it out is going to even be the, the cure. He's going to be out five to 12 weeks. Um, you know, Akeem Ayers, uh, the running back in the, the, the Rams, tore his Achilles during workouts. He's out for the year. Will they go? Will the, the Rams go uh, back to the future and, and, uh, and bring in Todd Gurley back? Um, the jury's still out there. Aaron Rodgers reported to Camp Frank. The big Aaron Rodgers drama. Was he going to report? He reported. He did report. Uh, Shocked me. I thought we were going to see him in a new uniform. No, I I, I never thought that that was ever going to happen. I he, he you know I I feel like Green Bay's Green Bay's not one of those franchises that gets kind of pushed around. They're going to make him show up, but I, apparently there were some talks there. I assume he's showing up on the on the terms of. Uh, if he's a good boy this this year, um, he will probably be somewhere next year. So um, he will be playing for the Packers. <laughs> what else is going on? Uh, the, thing about, the thing about Carson Wentz too is the fact that of uh, you know he's gonna be out five to twelve weeks. The big talks about whether they try to get Nick Foles, who's currently QB number three in Chicago, or Philip Rivers also made it known that he's not technically retired. He is. He is retired, but he is willing to maybe talk turkey to, if a team needs him. Um, would Frank Wright give Philip Rivers the phone call to maybe come back uh, until Carson Wentz is ready? Um, so that's something to think about as well. Um, I'm trying to think of everything else. Obviously, AFC North, obviously the Browns are always getting well. The Browns have a bounce back up next year. Tampa Bay, you know, Tommy. Tommy's ready to roll. He's already getting in the swing of things. Um, returning most of their starters, too. Returning Brasso. most I mean, of their starters. Tampa, some good. people are calling them 15-2 and two repeating champs. Like, scary. Um, who's going to be uh, – right now, it looks like, Frank, that um, Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback in New Orleans with Drew Brees retiring. Um, he Kyle and uh, but Jameis Winston's pushing there. I don't know if it's decided yet. For, for, yeah, well, he's entered camp as the starter, but we'll yeah. see if he keeps it. Um, mm-hmm. kind of looking to see what Matt Stafford's going to do, how he look, he's going to look in LA golf in Detroit. Um, obviously the Washington football team and a lot of the Frank, you know, I don't, I don't want to kind of make this more political, but you know, the biggest story is about coaches quitting or retiring players, quitting or retiring due to the vaccination mandate, not, not necessarily mandating, but the penalty, Frank, yeah. if, we have, if we run into last year, what we ran into with guys unable to play due to COVID, they're not rescheduling the games, both forfeit. Yeah, they will be forfeit and neither team will get a game check. So it's kind of making the players, have, the, the teams have to kind of share the, the, their, their players about, you know, vaccination on vaccination. I'm not getting into the whole of that, but it just, that is something to look out for. Um, uh, look at AFC East. Obviously, it's gonna be Cam, Cam Newton's gonna be the starter there. But will if things fall apart early, will Mac Jones come in? Um, obviously, Tua in Miami, Justin Wilson in New York, the rookie there. Buffalo can they bounce? Can they repeat the great year they had last year uh, with Josh Allen? Um, AFC West, Patty Mahomes, uh, Denver. You know, it's gonna be between Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Uh, LA, it's obviously the, the Herbert show. How will he bounce? 
How will he come back with his second year in the pros? And the Raiders, Frank, you know, this is their first year in Vegas now, so they'll be playing all their games in the Legion Stadium. You usually do that in a certain Chris Berman voice. I, I don't know. It, we go to the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> I don't, reckon, what, I don't recognize That's a hell of a personation, man. Get <laughs> fired up for football, man. <laughs> Jacksonville, obviously, they have, you know, Etienne and, and, uh, and Trevor Lawrence, both from Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, the one overall pick. Frankie Tebow trying to make the team as a tight end. Um, there's your story there. Houston, Deshaun Watson. Now he's the good boy. He's reporting to camp, obviously trying to get traded, obviously dealing with some pending charges against him. Uh, so that'll be something to look forward to, or not look forward to, but look to as well. Yeah, um, yeah man, it's it's camps are open and pads are popping. It's tomorrow night, Frank. We get some football, whether it's preseason, it's still football. And and I and I, and I will be um, if I can get home in time, I'll be in Toronto tomorrow for work. But I'm gonna try to race home and. Uh, and, and, and watch some ball. Maybe we can text while we're watching the game or whatnot. Not that we're going to go, we're not going to break it down like it's a Pruder film, but it is, <laughs> it, is it's, it is football. So, um, no, Frank, I'm excited. As you can tell, I've, I've kind of went like 20 minutes now talking about it, but, yeah. um, yeah, it, it just, and obviously Hard Knocks is coming. I have HBO, so I'll be watching that and we'll yeah, see what it's, happens. It's the Cowboys, right? The Cowboys, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, what, what bigger, uh, draw can you get for Hard Knocks than them? Yeah. Well, you know, what kind of star will Dak be? Will Zeke be? Yeah. Mike McCarthy? Will will a guy like, you know, like a Carl Nassib when he was with the Browns? Will there be a guy like that who becomes a big star because of just, you know, just being entertaining? So tune in. I'm sure Jerry Jones will be one of the bigger stars of the show, too. We know he's a guy who's not who's uh, never at a loss for words. So, um, no, man, I'm excited for football. It's one thing about hockey when it ends like in June, especially now when the season getting pushed back this year thanks to COVID. Everything ended in July. Line. I was like, boom! Now we're into hot. Now we're into football. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, baseball coming down. So this is a good time for sports, Frank. And I don't think we can take any more of those like three, four week breaks now because everything's just moving so fast. So I know. Maybe we'll have to do like a light show. You know, the light shows. We'll or whatever. Be, I mean, yeah, we'll be having. You know, we'll have to have a big NFL preview episode, yeah. like you know, the 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 Wednesday before you know the first Sunday. Um, after the preseason's That's, all done and jobs are won, we'll have to give our predictions and award predictions and all that. Yeah, so we're definitely we'll, going to do that before we get the season started. And, and we'll be covering the Steelers that. preseason. You know, obviously when the third game takes place, that's the one where the starters play the most. Yeah. So that'll be a fun one to break down. But next then, time we next time we get on, we'll probably have two preseason games to break down. Next episode, we'll probably cover also back to hockey. We'll probably cover more Penguins next episode. I feel like that's, you know, we, we, you know, we knew this was going to be a long show when we knew we were going to record. So we just, we'll, we'll, we'll leave some content. And obviously more things will happen too as, as things move along, but no, Frank, I'm, I'm just ready. I mean, seeing, seeing uh Steeler camp on NFL network the other day, they had, um, Aditi Kinkabwala and uh, Andrew Andrew Siciliano covering the Steeler camp at Heinz Field. Uh, that's another <laughs> voice I'm working on. Andrew Siciliano. I love him on the. I love that red zone better than like the the Chris or yeah, was it the Chris Hansen one on uh, NFL Network? But yeah, uh, a- Andrew Siciliano with my massive ears. Yeah, covering uh, the NFL red zone on Direct TV. <laughs> I'm a fan of his though. I, I I love how he does that. So and uh another thing too, Frank, sports media, Rich Eisen was just uh 
They just said Rich Eisen is not going to be the pre and uh, pregame and halftime uh, host of the Westwood One Monday Night Football broadcast on the. They're usually on the fan. They're usually on the fan. Yeah. Monday Night Football's on the fan, so he'll be the pregame and halftime uh, host there. So, uh, big fan of Richie Rich and happy that he's getting another. He had a, he had another gig he gets to have. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we love we love Richie Rich and um, trying to think of other NFL notes per se. Anything going on? Um, um, not NFL, Frank, but uh, I was on TSN trying to prep for the show today, and I saw that the CFL is still talking to uh, the XFL and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, that's still a, a serious thing that could happen. So, so the Rock could be in the football game if uh, nice. if the season ends there. So keep tuned on that and. Yeah, just excited to watch football. I mean, really not much. I mean, nothing really, no trades are happening yet. No, you know, um, Buffalo has been the story with Josh Allen. Obviously, Cole Beasley, this vaccination stuff. But but no, I'm excited to see where the Steelers are going to be, Frank. I hope. Uh, I, I don't know what my outlook is for them. I guess we'll save that for another show. But I, ho- I hope they over. I hope they um, outperform everyone's expectations. Um and I hope you know. I hope they can you know. Some guys maybe this is a chance for new stars to to to, to, to come up and and we'll see what happens, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for some ball to talk about some football on the field stuff. I'm tired of the ESPN. I'm tired of screaming a. I'm tired of <laughs> skipping Shannon. I want to talk about what's on the field. So that's what I got, Frank. I'm going to turn it to you. Um, I know we're going to cover the Olympics before we wrap up here. Yeah, Bronson, I mean, I'm excited, too. I'm obviously a huge football fan and Steeler fan, and you did a great job at touching on some of the storylines with each of the teams. Um, You know, preseason and training camp is great for position battles and, you know, seeing seeing some new faces where, you know, that that signed in the offseason and the, you know, first-round draft picks and how they're going to do, like Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Is he going to start there? Minshew said he doesn't want to give it up right away. And Yeah. Um. You know, I was excited to see Carson Wentz go to Indy, but it's sad to see him already hurt. Be so ironic if they get Foles and we have another Foles Wentz and who takes him to the promised <laughs> land. You know, when 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 Wentz comes back healthy, do you take Foles out if you know if they're like nine and two? You know, if Philip Rivers comes back and they're like nine and two, do you put Wentz back in? I mean, it's just it's just uh, it's going to be an interesting storyline there. I think New England is going to surprise people and get right back into being a contender. Um, Cam Newton, I, you know, is still a good quarterback. They, a lot of guys returning from COVID absence last year. Um, I think, you know, if Belichick's still at the helm, uh, AFC North is going to be wide open. The Bengals are going to be better. You got yeah. Lamar, you got Lamar and Baker Mayfield, but you got the old, the old guy in Ben saying not so fast. Uh, everybody has the Steelers at eight and nine or nine and eight. I hope that they, they, they exceed that as well. That back end of that schedule, Frank is killer though. I they saw have the, that. Well, they do have the <laughs> toughest schedule in the NFL. Their bonus game this year happened to be Seattle, which kind of stinks. They, they won the North last year. So they get the, you know, the division winners, tough schedule the following yeah. year. Uh, it's going to be rough, but they were 11 and 0 last year. Say what you want, that it was an easy schedule. It's, it still takes a good team to get to 11 and 0. Um, and win the win the AFC North. Um, so I'm excited for the Steelers. I think they made some good ads. The offensive line is going to be the key, though. Five new players in five new positions. Um, if they don't gel, it's going to be a, a rough year. Um, but uh, yeah, there's just storylines everywhere. Like you said, Acres. 
the Rams were everybody's pick, maybe to unseat the Bucks in the NFC, getting Matt Stafford, but they lose their starting running back, Acres. I heard somebody throw out the name Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Le'Veon's still out there. He's on his couch looking for a job, but does he even want to play football anymore? He he's a guy that seems just just disinterested in playing. Um, but since they're kind of building a super team out there, kind of the football way to do it. Jalen Ramsey's recruiting whoever he can out there, but we'll see <laughs> what, they, what they do at the running back position. But um, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. We'll break it down more um, as we get back together in in, a, in two weeks or so. Well, there'll be a, a whole couple of weeks of games to 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 break down and see how the new guys are doing. Get your our first look at some of the rookies. Um, it, it's going to be great, Bronson. Uh, but like you said, we sh- we 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 are about ready to wrap this up. And I had uh, set aside some time for the Olympics, um, but I'm I'm just going to move that and make that my final thought because I oh. I actually I actually didn't even think I, I I forgot to even think of a final thought topic. So. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead, man. Why don't you just lead it off? Because yeah, I'll lead it off. You talked most football, so yeah. uh, the 2020 Olympics are here. It's 2021, but uh, 2020 uh, they're calling it the 2020 Tokyo Olympics because they were delayed a year because of COVID. Yeah. Um, I haven't caught a lot of it, Bronson, but what I have has been exciting. Um, what I've been interested in is the basketball, the tennis, the golf, um, the soccer. Um, so far, our men's uh, baseball team is in the semifinals, so uh, they're a win away from playing for a medal. Um, host country Japan is obviously the favorite. They always are really good at baseball, and they're hosting this year in Tokyo. But uh, some some XMLB guys like Todd Frazier, Matt Kemp, Anthony Ghosh, uh, Patrick Kivlahan, uh, a lot of these you know kind of journeyman guys since they're not in affiliated ball anymore are making up Team USA. And it's kind of interesting. It's not like amateur college guys like it kind of used to be. They're opening it up to you know guys that are kind of aging veterans. Uh, David Robertson's one of the, the you know the closer. Um, it's kind of exciting, and uh, they're it's they're they're in the semis against uh, Korea tomorrow um, for the right to take on Japan in the gold medal game. So uh, USA, we're always always hoping USA takes home the most medals. Right now, they do lead the medal count with about a week to go in the Olympic Games till the closing ceremonies wrap it up. Um, our gymnastic teams favored. They've took home taken home a ton of team and individual awards. Um, congrats to Suni Lee getting the overall women's uh, gold medal. Was favored to go to Simone Biles. Obviously, she's the big controversy. She kind of had to quit a lot of the events. Um, she had to withdraw. She states mental health. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm going to take her at her word. You know, you know, we, we're we're hearing about that with Stephen Johns and other prominent athletes coming out. Um, it, the rigors and the pressure, uh, especially being the face of American gymnastics. Um, she also had a personal tragedy. Her aunt passed away. Um, so she she pulled out a lot of the events and some people gave her criticism, but I'm I'm not going to be too hard on Simone Biles. She's been a, one of the most decorated American gymnasts of all time. She's represented her country well back in Rio. Um, she she took home bronze in the balance beam, so she's still over there um, competing in in some events. Um, and our gymnastic teams is kind of doing very well. I think they took home silver in the team event to Russia. Um, Swimming, uh, I, I forget his last name, Caleb Houghton, I think it is, uh, took home a lot of the men's gold medals. Um, so they're dominating. Our basketball team, Bronson, they don't have LeBron. They don't have Steph Curry. Uh, they don't have a lot of the big names. 
but uh, they are in the semifinals. They they knocked off uh, Australia and Spain, um, so they made it to the semis. Uh, they do have Kevin Durant. They have Devin Booker. They still got a lot of stars, Jason Tatum. Um, so they should still take home gold. So we'll see. It's still a couple of uh, wins to get through, um, but hopefully they can get the gold for 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 men's basketball. Uh, men's golf, Xander Shoffley took home gold for the U.S., so that was nice to see. It wasn't, uh, you know, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, um, none of them played. DeChambeau wanted to but got COVID, so um, he had to withdraw. Um, but good to see Xander Shoffley take him gold for the U.S. Uh, in the second year it's ever been in the Olympics, so the first time it's ever been won by the U.S., um, so yeah, bro, it's a lot of fun events. There's so many cool, fun, small sports in the Olympics. If you're just flipping through the channels, uh, there's badminton, there's table tennis, there's, you know, archery, there's, um, fencing. It's the Olympics are just so cool. It kind of gives a, a little platform to some of the smaller sports, beach volleyball. Um, the track and field is always fun. So they're still going on about a week to go. Um, check it on the NBC family. Uh, Olympic Channel, CNBC, NBC, USA, um, NBC Sports. Um, if, if you're flipping through, nothing on. Check out some of the Olympics. Root on Team USA. Um, and then Bronson, you know, if I, I'd be remiss talking Olympics if I didn't mention that the next installment will be uh, in February in Beijing, the 2022 Winter Olympics. And a lot of our fans might be interested that NHL players possibly might get to play in the Olympics after 2018, they did not, uh, the NHL is on board. They've, they've put a gap in the schedule. So that's there. I guess the owners are, you know, they, the owners don't like it, but they, they signed off on it. Um, Mike Sullivan's been named the head coach of team USA. Um, so it's exciting to see Crosby go back for Canada again, maybe Latang. um, maybe they get reunited with flurry there. Um, now I did hear a snag happen today where, it, it might be cold again where they might not go, but I'm not giving up hope. Um, the IIHF is still has to sign off on it. Um, I heard some, some bad news broke today, if, but it's not a dead done deal yet. So I'm still crossing my fingers, Bronson, that we get NHL players in the, in the winter Olympics. Um, so yeah, that's all about all I got. I encourage you to, to watch the rest of it uh, about a week or so left watch the closing ceremonies they're always a spectacle and then get uh, get yourself amped up for the next next olympics it's not far away in february in beijing the winter game so yeah it's, it's i've been enjoying it bronson uh, i don't know if you've caught any of it what you think but uh i'll turn it over to you yeah thanks frank and uh, i don't watch i actually haven't watched too much of it a track and field event here and there i've tried to pay attention to the baseball team uh, in terms of basketball, I guess when you told me it wasn't going to be the complete like the Dream stars, yeah. it kind of lost me there. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I, not that their gold medal means anything less, but just that this wasn't enough. And and uh, I don't know, just the Summer Olympics really don't do it for me. Like I know there's some great events, and and don't get me wrong, but I've never really been a Summer Olympics person. Now when they're in Beijing, I'll be I'm more into the Winter Olympics. I like the bobsledding, I love all that stuff. I'm more into the Winter Olympic kind of sports. Obviously hockey, and and having said that, congratulations to Mike Sullivan, who is the coach of of Team USA. Um, and that was uh, the brainchild, I guess. Obviously, uh, 
Stan Bowman is in charge of Team USA at that point, which is kind of, not to kind of make kind of put a negativity factors right, but like with the Chicago Blackhawks under this investigation, it's like Stan Bowman still being prominently featured in all these things. I mean, I guess like I said, you know, until we find out the true facts, but yeah, but it just it just you know considering his name is tied to whatever that investigation is, nothing you know, but it's just kind of weird seeing his name pop up and things. And hey, if he's clear, he's clear. So, but we'll see. But um, congrats to Mike Sullivan. Obviously, we hope Team US and Day uh, will be allowed to operate with NHL players because I will tell you what, I, the Team USA really, really could give Canada a run for its money. Yeah. I'm sure Canada will, on paper, will have the better team. Uh, but Team USA has a lot of a lot of great young players to really give itself a shot. So, no, um, good job, Frank, with everything. Like I said, I haven't watched a whole lot of the Olympics. I watched some track and field stuff because um, I don't know how much track and field you watched on NBC, but Lee Diffie does the announcing there. He's the IndyCar like racing guy on, on for for NBC. So, um, he's he's a great voice. He's he's Australian. If if you remember him, but yeah, he's uh he's one of my favorite guys, and he always tweets me back on likes and tweets me back on Twitter. So good guy, and uh, glad he's getting that that Olympic kind of uh exposure uh for his amazing broadcasting and storytelling skills there. Frank, I'm gonna go a different direction here. Uh, this has been kind of Bronski taking shots at the mothership, but um I was reading an article today, and I kind of want to read. I, I I am gonna kind of steal off of Mark Madden. I'm not gonna lie, as I always do. Mm-hmm. But I thought his new article was great, and I wanted to kind of read it. It's not a long article. It's like a half a page, a couple paragraphs here. Um, and it has to do with major college, especially college football, Frank. So, yeah, this was published today of all times. It was published this morning by Mark Madden on the Trib. Uh, and it was a call, it's called Pitt Needs What College Football Used to Be, Not What It Has, not what it has Become. And I'll read it because it's actually not longer than I'm going to comment on it. So uh, story time with bronze here. <laughs> Assuming you get the page to scroll down. There we go. College football is beyond screwed up and not worth paying attention to unless you're a fan of one of the chosen few and can look past being on the grifter's end of a con game. So it's a lot like following Major League Baseball. College football's latest carry move. Car, uh, sorry, I misread it. College football's latest carny move. It's a madism right there. College <laughs> football's latest carny move is the SEC's absorption of Oklahoma and Texas at the quiet behest of ESPN, which wants to see the Big 12 dissolve by way of shredding, uh, shedding rights fees that the network currently pays the conference. The Big 12 signed a 13-year, 2.6 billion deal with ESPN and Fox in 2012. The agreement is backloaded, and the Big 12 title game costs extra. The Big 12 filed a cease and desist against ESPN, accusing the network of steering schools to other conferences. It's the difficult story of ESPN to objectively cover. Fortunately, ESPN stopped objectively covering most things years ago. ESPN's leverage over college football is overwhelming, not least because ESPN has the exclusive race to the playoffs, which is likely to expand to 12 teams in 2023. This is in the end. The SEC will keep poaching teams in its quest to become the NFL of college football. Wait till they kick out Vanderbilt and add Southern Cal. That's not exactly Southeast. But the NCAA is both powerless and gutless. The SEC runs college football. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young has yet to start a collegiate game, but he's already agreed roughly to a $1 million in name, image, and likeness rates deals. Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett, by contrast, got himself and his offensive lineman a free meal every week. 
Ohio State recruit Quinn Ewers, a top-rated quarterback for Texas, is skipping his senior season uh, in of high school football and will start college early so he can stop pocket, start pocketing NIL money right away. College football is becoming more and more like the NFL. That ignores and compromises its main selling point, most notably that namely it's not like the NFL. It's all good for Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and the like. It's not so good for Pitt. Pitt badly needs what college football used to be. Pitt just isn't a proper ACC school. Any Pitt fan who knows he or she care, who says he or she cares about the ACC is lying. Pitt doesn't have a single rival in the ACC, not a game to look forward to. Pitt football has no buzz. The most highly anticipated events are the sporadic non-conference games versus Penn State and West Virginia. Those games were once the anchor of Pitt program of Pitt's program, but mean considerably less now because of their diluted and occasional nature. Pitt has no on-campus stadium. Leaving and demolishing Pitt Stadium in 1999 was a crippling mistake that even the most lame-brained saw it coming a mile away. Pitt football committed suicide when that decision was made. Peterson Event Center and college basketball don't remotely matter by comparison. Truly blue-chip Whippeal prospects don't dot Pitt's roster anymore and won't. When the next Tony Dorsett, Bill Fralick, or Dan Marino comes along, he won't go to Pitt. Pitt needs to be an Eastern Conference playing meaningful games against legit rivals. The value of Big East football wasn't realized until it was gone. Big East football is dead and since, since 2012, and it's not coming back. Rivalries created by a geographic proximity and tradition are the lifeblood of college football. That's still the case in truly elite college football markets, despite conference realignment. Ohio State and Michigan will always play, so will Alabama and Auburn. Oklahoma and Texas, too. Those schools have their cake and eat it, too. Pitt got nothing. College football takes from the small and gives to the big. That's more evident every day and just isn't going to stop. And the reason I read that article, Frank, is it, it, this is clear. Like the second I looked on Sports Center and saw that Texas and Oklahoma are not going, I'm like, oh Lord, here we go. Like this is it. And now there's talk now that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to, or the, the Pac-10 are, are going to merge now. And so it's like it's just going to be it's just going to be a power four conference. And like yeah. and Madden's right. ESPN feeds into this because everything's got to be big market. Everything's got to be everything's got to be big money, big production. And so here and uh, here it is, you know. So it's like it's only a matter of time before teams like Clemson and you know what I mean in the ACC like Clemson and, and whatever they they go to the SEC. It's like when's it gonna stop? And, and, and like it is. And Madden had another article like this a week a couple days ago about how everything always funnels to the big market teams, NBA. MLB, et cetera, et cetera. And that seems to be what it beat. It seems to be what it's always been lately, Frank. And and it seems to be four letters that seem to push all this agenda. ESPN. It's ridiculous, Frank. And then it's like it's like, yeah, we get our occasional underdog sports story, but it's just like the the law of averages is always gonna say that the big market teams will always win out. It's a shame. Like I said, like I mentioned earlier, you know. You know, Milwaukee winning the championship was such a great moment. I felt, I felt because you know, you know, it's great that Giannis had all the temptation to go to a big market team, but chose to stay in Milwaukee. And, and that championship for Milwaukee, you know, would be more than two or three. He'd win in New York or L.A. or you know, fill a major market there. So, just kind of went on burning on Frank. I've kind of really soured on ESPN. I watch I watched PTI and around or yeah, PTI and around the horn just because I've watched that show since I was a kid. But anytime Sports Center comes on, I kind of turn it off. Mark Madden has jokingly called Sports Center woke center, and I kind of tend to think, to agree with it. 
I'm not trying to bring politics into it, but like Sunday morning, I watched a documentary on ESPN. It was about the George Floyd uh, tragedy and whatnot. And like, not that I don't care that's on, but I mean, isn't ESPN supposed to be a sports network? Not, there was very rarely any sports reference made in that entire documentary. And it's like, it's like, you know, you can't even go to ESPN for sports anymore. Now ESPN's become politicized and, 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 uh, and just, I just, I just want my old ESPN back, Frank. It's like, I want my old MTV back. I've been on that, yeah. that soapbox too. So I just want things back to the way they were. MTV played music videos and ESPN just strictly talked about sports and didn't have any biased agenda towards anything and just reported scores and reported great uh journalism and integrity of sports and we're not getting it anywhere frank but espn really just has it Re- espn's really really displayed its arrogancy and and, and their their bias towards their reporting and and they're and they're, and they're maneuvering things like this frank they're maneuvering texas and and oklahoma to, to the sec and and, and when's it going to stop uh bronson awesome topic and i you know i can echo all of those sentiments and feel the same way as as you um College football is turning into a, 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 a pro minor league. Um, you're going to see, I think you should just see the absolving of all conferences and just put the every team into four different divisions. And what needs to happen is geographical realignment where Pitt gets put back in a conference with Penn State, West Virginia. Um, yeah. You, you know, we should be playing Syracuse and... Um, you know, some of these ACC schools that joined from the Big East should be in a, a, you know, Joe Paterno, actually, and I'm no Paterno fan, he had the idea in the 80s for a Big North. Um, you know, Pitt, Penn State, West Virginia, Temple, Syracuse, Boston College, Virginia Tech, um, kind of before Penn State left for the Big Ten and Pitt left for the Big East, like, there should have been another conference. And it, the American is there now, and... The Big East basketball is such a tradition. Like I wish it was kind of looking back, it's kind of sad that that Pitt had to move and yeah. Like you said Vanderbilt, they're going to want to kick out Vanderbilt and Kentucky pretty soon and get Miami, Clemson and Florida State. Yeah. Like and and how big can they get? Texas and Oklahoma is going to make that 18 teams. Like that's too big of a conference. Like are you going to kick out Missouri? Care, though, Frank. Kick out Missouri Old Miss and Vanderbilt cuz they stink? Like <laughs> It's just it. It is sad, and you're gonna see. It, you're. I don't think you're ever gonna see. I mean, maybe once in a while, but an, an underdog rise up and win the college football championship. You're gonna be seeing Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, like every single year, winning the title in the playoff. Um, maybe you sprinkle in an Oregon once in a while, or you like maybe USC gets good again, or Texas, but Notre Dame once in a while. But if they do make the playoff 12 teams, that at least gives somebody a shot. But And there is talks that the playoffs going to go from 4 to 12. Uh, I just don't see the SECs trying to take over Bronson. And, and, and next will be Florida State, Miami, and Clemson. And yep. that'll that'll put them at 21 teams. Like, what are you talking Like, that's so big. I know they're coming for them. Um but uh, yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. ESPN is behind it. You know, they run college football. Most of the games are on there. College game day, whatever. Um, the Big Twelve is the sad, you know, victim in all this because they are going to break up. There's only ten yeah. teams left now. There's only going to be eight teams left. 
Um, hopefully you see like a Kansas and an Iowa State uh, get picked up by the Big Ten. I can see some natural rivals there with Kansas and Nebraska, Iowa and Iowa State, kind of that yeah. Big Ten that Big Ten West that's kind of been created now that, that Nebraska's joined. Because um, you have Iowa and you have Minnesota and you have Wisconsin out there. Um, so you, you add like an Iowa State and a Kansas. Then maybe Oklahoma State and TCU, who are pretty big programs. Maybe they go out to the Pac-12, Bronson. Yeah. Um, and, and then other than that, you're left with like poor Texas Tech and uh, poor Colorado. Like, well, Colorado's Pac-12 now. But whoever's Baylor. left, Baylor, yeah, ba- Baylor, I could see going to the the um the Pac-12 as well. Um, so you're gonna see the Power Five turn into Power Four, and unfortunately, I believe the Big 12 is gonna be gone, and those teams are gonna be split up. West Virginia's in the Big 12, and yeah. ho- hopefully they go to the ACC because that makes so, so much more sense travel-wise for them, and then we'll get to see Pitt play them every year again. So. I'm hoping it's not an overreaction, Bronson, and maybe, sadly, the Big 12 has to be the victim. Their two biggest names are gone now, so they may cease to exist. We see those teams spread out, and we just have four big conferences of 18 instead of five conferences of, like, 14. Yeah. And and, and those teams all find a home. Um, the American Conference will be that kind of fifth guy left out there. Um Maybe it breaks up and the Big 12 poaches some of them and tries to hang on yeah. like uh, like Houston and Tulsa and um, Cincinnati and like maybe maybe those three go to the Big 12 and they try to hang on or maybe the Big 12 <laughs> dissolves and the, the American picks up some of the the leftovers like Texas uh, Tech. Um, how about, how about what else, like what if something like like Notre Dame joins the SEC? It's like Hulk Hogan joining the NWO or something. Oh my god! Yeah, rip off the Notre Dame shirt, the <laughs> SEC logo. Yeah. If you ever, if you get a chance to check it out, there's a fun parody on Facebook, SEC shorts, and it's like a, it's like a bunch of skits where like people dress up as SEC teams and like act out like how their seasons went, and like it's pretty funny. Uh, SEC. It reminds me of that, that. What's the name of the? The Jillian, what's her name? That does the NHL ones, or she's like every yeah. she's a teacher every team. Which they, right. Yeah, that's yeah, funny. But um, but it is sad, Bronson, and I, I I agree with you. I could rant on it all day, and as a Pitt fan, it's just increasingly seems like they're never going to get good again. And you know, I was sitting there thinking, you know, we're sitting pretty in the ACC Coastal with a shot at kind of maybe running that division and getting to play Clemson every year in the title game, at least. Um, but who knows what's coming realignment wise, who's leaving, who's coming. Do they move Pitt to a different division? Does Pitt eventually in the next five to 10 years, even leave the ACC? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm going to try to quell the, the worry Bronson and just say that the big 12 is going to just spread out. West Virginia is coming to the ACC. Notre Dame's coming to the ACC, maybe, um, and that makes the Pitt, you know, Pitt's ACC brand strong. Adding those two schools, um, and then maybe we keep Clemson somehow. But I see the SEC coming for Clemson. I, I just do. Yeah. Um, I love your optimism, Frank, but I don't share it. But. And Kansas, <laughs> the Big Ten getting Kansas really helps their basketball league. Yeah, that's a blue chip 
blue blood basketball program. So that's what I hope to happen that the five conferences just become four and it doesn't get too out of hand. And like Madden says, we don't see USC go into the SEC, but that was a really great article. I'm going to, I'm going to share that with some of my friends too. I was just talking about it over the weekend with my sister and brother-in-law who are big college football fans. They have to read that article, but, uh, no, Bronson, we are at the three-hour mark. Um, yeah, no, eventually I, the recording stops. I'm like trying to wrap it up as quickly as it possible. Did. It, it actually did. I see it started over. It's a three-hour max, so we'll have to piece <laughs> This is the second time in NLN Sportscast. We did, it, we did it at the draft. We did it at the yeah. draft. This, this has happened where it's chunked it up into two two phone calls. <laughs> so I was trying to like wrap it up. And my wife, hey, we said three hours. We made we it. Did. We did. We did warn everybody, and I warned my wife, but – uh. She's going to uh, have to piece two two phone calls, two Skype calls together into an episode now. So I'll wrap it up, Bronson. I'll get the intro started. I don't know if you want to queue up Kenny. Uh, but oh, there you go. I want to queue up. While Bronson gets that ready, I want to thank the NLN uh, viewers, listeners out there. You know who you are, the loyal ones. Uh, Tell a friend, share it on Facebook. Uh, we're trying to get our, you know, we, we'd love to get our, our listening, our views up, um, you know, comment get involved in the conversation when we post it on facebook um bronson's posting it on twitter we got the we're gonna be starting the youtube channel where maybe uh we you get to see our our smiling faces i told bronson i want it to be a a, just a still photo of our logo we'll see i don't know if i want to get the makeup on and everything to to go on air but uh but no, no thanks to uh Thanks to our listeners. Thanks to our loyal fans. Thanks to Justin and Nico, the founders of Next Level Nerd. Um, be sure to check them out at nextlevelnerd.com, facebook.com slash nextlevelnerd. Their uh, podcast about their movie podcast. They're doing the Avengers. They've done Star Wars. You can go back and listen to any of the great episodes. Um, yeah, they're fantastic. I thank my wife, Katie, for putting this show together. She edits out the mistakes. She puts in our, our music, uh, does a great job of getting the timestamps ready. Uh, so couldn't do this show without her. Um, I thank my co-host, Bronson, for always being there here. Um, thank you, Frankie. Great debut episode for the season premiere. Season the season four. premiere. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another full episode to break down some more football and some baseball pennant races. Um, I'm sure there'll be some more hockey signings and trades to talk about. So whatever happens in the sports world, we'll have we'll have it for you. Um, so Bronson, I'll let you take us home, uh, sign off for us, and uh, and and do our 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 normal ending. So I'll yeah, turn it over thank, to you. Thanks everybody. Yeah, thank if thank you for listening. Just stay stay tuned, guys. There's some stuff coming on the pike. Um, maybe even some stuff in printed word form. You know, sometimes this this podcast is enough to keep my creative juice is flowing and sports. So sometimes I just need to rant on stuff and I can't wait. Cause sometimes, you know, two weeks ago, like, oh, I, I could say this for the show, but then two weeks happens and I lose my yeah. passion and my craziness for it. So maybe we might do some stuff in terms of blogging and things like that. So just stay tuned. There's a lot of things Frank and I are bouncing off each other. And actually, I just want to thank Frank too, because, you know, through the, the crazy mind of Bronson, cause a lot of ideas and, and Frank's always really open to listening to almost, you know, there's really hasn't been anything where Frank hasn't said, you know, Frank said, you know, and now, you know, Frank's always been really open-minded to a lot of ideas. And same for me to him. I mean, yeah, I take Frank's keys on a lot of these, but Frank's always allowed, you know, allowed both of us to have to be creative with the show and, and each show is only going to get better. It's actually funny, Frank, and I'm kind of going a little rant here before we end it. I listened to our first ever show the other day. 
in its entirety. I've and gone back and done difference. it too. Yeah, you can li- you can hear the difference between us. Like we were then confidence and- level and yeah transitions and yeah not dead air and obviously we got better mics but uh yeah you know, i do the same thing I, I i hop back to old episodes too and see the growth like like our first episode we were breaking down patty mahomes and the chiefs super bowl win and mm-hmm. and it's funny we were talking about jari versus murray for the playoffs and <laughs> they go back to all this and that's pre-covid how much has too like, how much has changed it was right pre-covid i know yeah wow so, no but way. for but no, but for having a great co-host like Frank, so thanks to him, thanks to Justin and Nico, Next Level Nerds, spread the word, spread the nerd. That's their saying. Maybe one day we'll come up with one for the NLN Sportscast, but it's still a work in progress. But uh, thank you for listening and uh, stay tuned. Enjoy the enjoy the, the enjoy the NFL uh, preseason coming up here, and enjoy mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 baseball end of the season rush. And uh, until next time, for Frank Conta, I am Bronson Allman. Uh, signing off and until then i implore you to enjoy your night enjoy uh enjoy some part of the it's august so enjoy the summer and until then goodbye goodbye Mm. and good night Night. bang throw me the baseball now toss me the pigskin now feed me the rock Now give me the rock.